and gentlemen, what's good, y'all? Here's Gary, to Andrew Benjamin, and it's our broaden horizon pal, Drake Riggs, from My MMA News, and you're listening to another edition of the We Are Rising podcast, the source about all the things of the Rising Fight Federation of Japanese MMA, or if need be, if our interests get a little too boring, or if we just need something to just talk about, we simply shoot the shit. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at ChrisGary92, Andrew is at Benjamin one Drake is on Twitter at DrakeRiggs underscore, or at MyMMANews. And you can follow us on Twitter, the show handle that is, at WeAreRisingPod, W-E-A-R-E-R-I-Z-I-N-P-O-D, all in one word. And you can check out the show on Stitcher, SoundCloud, which also has the Broad Horizons podcast, YouTube, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, your favorite podcast provider of choice. But other than that, Drake, once again, from from my MMA, damn it, what am I saying? I'm already fucking up out the gate. But yeah, IMMANews.com and the Broad Horizon Podcast. Welcome back, by the way. How was Rising 24 from your perspective? Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me back, you guys. It was fun last week, and uh, I'm sure it'll be good times here again. Um, yeah, so Rising 24, obviously, solid show. Solid show. I was talking about it a little bit off air, of course. But, um, you know, I feel like... The standards for me are kind of so high, you know, in Ryzen. Like, it's kind of, I'm going to give you here a wrestling comparison. It's like AEW to NXT, right? You always expect goodness from AEW. Um, and so for this one, I think it was a solid show, but uh, overall, I didn't think it was that great if you're comparing it to, you know, some of these past ones that we've got, especially the recent ones. But, um, you know, Ryzen always delivers and gives you really awesome shows. But, um, yeah, in comparison to, like, the last stretch over the last so many years i think this was kind of a weaker one um for me still enjoyed it of course it wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination but i'm just saying bay or cage warriors had a show also as well pancreas had a show did you watch everything well, or absolutely what you're trying to say andrew is that it was a stacked weekend oh, uh, stacked yeah bellator had a, had a had their show in uh, milan earlier in the day did you watch everything or did you just watch like ufc and rising um, yeah, no, <laughs> I wasn't able to catch absolutely everything, just the UFC and Ryzen, and so that, that stretch for me, I mean, that was an all-day event just right there, because what we started at, I guess it was earlier since it was a pay-per-view show, but that's uh, 4 p.m. Um, my time, and then stayed up all the way till about 6 o'clock in the morning because of those two events, but um, yeah, good times. <laughs> I was absolutely insane, I, I tweeted out a picture, I, I was watching... Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling G1, Ryzen, and Pancreas all at the same time with two shows on my laptop and then Chromecasting the uh, Pancreas show, which was on YouTube, on my television. So this was an, it was an absolutely well, insane weekend. Well, for me, I wasn't watching the UFC because, of course, whenever I think of the UFC, you know, I immediately have to revert back to reasons that Kareem Zidane basically said the <laughs> UFC, you know, is all about. I mean, I don't want to try and get off into it, but still, 
I turned away from the UFC for that night, and I was watching the Charlo twins kick ass in oh, Connecticut. I totally forgot about that as well. They had the Char- the Charlo brothers having their seventy five dollar ESPN uh, boxing show. I totally forgot about that as well. So yeah, my no, God, it wasn't ESPN. It wasn't ESPN. It was Showtime. Showtime. Sports. Showtime. Okay. Yeah. Uh yeah. It was mm-hmm. an, an insane week, same day, just in general. Sorry, Christian. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. But the point of the matter is. I mean, the Charlo twins got me excited for the, the rest of the night. I took, like, a little power nap prior to the rising card kicking off because I knew it was going to come on a little late. Well, a little late in my area. For you, Drake, that would be, like, 1130 or something. Mm-hmm. But still, I took a power nap, and I enjoyed it all the way through, and I only watched the... I mean, I watched a little bit of the Pack Race card before Bryson started, and I watched the main event, obviously, during the intermission. <laughs> but still, it was fun to watch, and it was a great way to keep me up just to even watch this card that we're about to talk about, because it just proves that, I mean, whether you're a fan of the UFC or not, whether you're a fan of Bryson or not, Combat sports is about more than just one promotion. Combat sports is a whole smorgasbord of action that you just can't ignore, basically. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, you uh, really hit the nail on the head. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, Christian, I think uh, you had a great suggestion. We're going to do this by weight class instead of reading the card as it happened. So... Yeah, we well first we'll break down uh, each of the fights. So I think you know if we're going by weight class, we got obviously started with the heaviest, and it was easily the most anticipated fight. Well, my most anticipated <laughs> fight. Uh, yeah, for you it was the most anticipated fight. For a lot of people, especially folks in New Zealand, you can basically say it was the main event. But yeah, so Yoshi Sudario, aka Takano Fuji Sanzo wins his first professional mixed martial arts bout by defeating a bloated, beaten down, just completely fucking miserable James Radine, a.k.a. Dylan James. So much to the point where the doctor stopped the fight at the end of round number one and called it off after Dylan James suffered a broken nose. Now I have to ask this one question. Even though Sudario came in with the raging fighting spirit of a thousand incident anyways, <laughs> I mean, do you think that Sudario can continue on and make mixed martial arts a career? Because, I mean, we've seen this type of... We've seen this type of stuff before with fighters like Henry Centauri Miller, Ake Bonotaro, even though he... Even though he lost all the fights that he was in, I mean, we even seen it with Kenji Katao, who basically shat on professional MMA just as soon as he fought Nathan Jones on the first Pride show. But still, do we see Suyoshi Sudario continue? And as far as Dylan James, well, fuck, I'll just go ahead and ask. Did he fuck up in saying, I mean, in talking all this hot shit, in the promo video and prior to that that he was going to come in like a dog but instead he came out like a little bitch. <laughs> Drake, all, all, after you, you're the guest. 
Um, I mean, if we're going to be honest, that the talk is all that James had. I mean, we know that he didn't do any training for this fight whatsoever. Um, and yeah, as for Zadario, though, I, it's funny because I thought, you know, he looked pretty decent. And of course, this fight is what it is, right? It was the freak show fight that we haven't seen in a while. I don't remember the last one they did. might have been... No, it wasn't the SAP one. was the last one they did, right? Um, uh, I, but, think, I think it was. SAP Osuna? That may oh, have been... Wow, no, okay. I mean, the last true freak show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, definitely that one. But, um, you know, one of those fights, you know, similar to that if you... You know, whatever. But, um, yeah, that scenario looked pretty decent. Of course, his opponent was, you know, as I said, somebody who's not really an MMA fighter or anything like that. Um, but, you know, he's very young still, and I think he could definitely, you know... I would be interested to see him again against maybe another, uh, you know, opponent with similar experience or maybe a little bit more, obviously. Um, but, yeah, it was a obviously good performance for him. Um, and, yeah, I said it a little bit jokingly with, uh, on Twitter after the fight went down. I was like, all right, we got to make Zidario versus Sap next. <laughs> Why not? Let's go. <laughs> well, uh, I was wondering now... I gotta ask. To be honest, I don't think. I mean, as much as I would probably hate to see that, considering the experience advantage Sap has over Sidario. Yeah. I mean, let's not forget, Bob Sap is surprisingly two and zero in the Rising Fight Federation. So. And guess what? And he's also Christian. You're 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 very new. His two and zero is over former sumo fighters Osuna and Akibono. So he's a sumo killer in Ryzen. Yes. I mean, obviously, I didn't manage to forget about that. But, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Bob Sapp take on Yoshi Sudario. They don't even have to fight for money. <laughs> Quite, so, okay, so the, my biggest question was when Dylan like I was dying to find out who Dylan James's training camp was. Uh, and I was searching all over and I finally, I came across uh, eFight.com, which is a Japanese um, Kagotogi publication. Uh, and they have like a list of the fighters and, uh, and who, who their camp is. And I, when I translated to English, it said that Dylan James's uh, fight team was Pro Wrestling Land's End, which is a Japanese pro wrestling promotion. Do you know that promotion, Christian? Pro Wrestling Land's End? It's apparently Ryoji Sai's promotion, and uh, Bodyguard Masashi Takeda uh, all wrestle for that promotion. Basically, they all wrestle for all Japan programs. Basically, yeah, it's basically a low-level indie promotion. That's what it basically is, and that's what was listed as his team name. Uh, I do have to say, I'll say this: Dylan James trying attempting a, a pro wrestling headlock in an MMA match. I don't think I've ever seen that before. In any major promotion, somebody try to like do uh, like that type of move. Did all of you see that when they're in the corner? Dylan James like legit tried for a head a side headlock, which is made the worst move you could do. Anybody remember that? I must have missed that. Made my stream lagged out a little bit. Because <laughs> I saw that, I'm like, is he is he going for a headlock? My screen definitely. Well, my screen probably definitely lagged out when that happened but you know maybe he was trying to save face and go for a disqualification by way of forgetting the rules like how sumi sakai had 
her first professional MMA belt, and she forgot the rules of the sport. So, so a question. I know. Well, here's the thing. I know Drake. You mentioned how you know that's all Dylan James had was was his mouth. Um, what do you think of it, of the of the uh, VTR the uh, the pre fight uh, hype video? What do you think about uh, Dylan James's uh, pro wrestling ish promo? Does it work for MMA, or is it something that just shouldn't be in MMA? I guess that's the question. I'll pose that question to you. Okay, I, I think that <laughs> I think that it. I would have liked it a little more, or I mean, I thought it was funny, you know. So, I mean, because it is what it is. But I think it would have probably been uh, maybe not funny and taken a little bit more seriously if we knew that this guy was actually like a really good fighter or something. Like I don't know <laughs> if if you saw. Somebody like Jorge Masvidal, I guess that's the first person that comes to mind. Somebody who's really charismatic and, you know, can legit fuck you up. Um, then it'd be a lot more interesting. <laughs> you know, kind of like, well, what is, what's he doing here kind of thing. I'll, but uh, with James, you're like, okay, I'm not surprised. <laughs> it's hilarious. Well, I'll say this. You know, when the when the fight did begin, they did. he did seem to try throwing bombs. It was absolutely so uncoordinated. Oh, yeah. But I, I will say this, you know, I guess... Maybe he worked on striking. That's all he did, and maybe he was just like, "Let me just try throwing, throwing, throwing like uh, there's no tomorrow." It didn't work, obviously. <laughs> um, the question I have though is, this so this officially was had a doctor stoppage, and supposedly it has to do with his broken nose. Now officially, now initially when I saw this, I thought maybe he was just like, "Oh no, uh, he didn't want to continue," but apparently. The doctor ruled him in, uh, unable to continue because of his broken nose. I don't know. I think that I I highly suspect of. I'm just thinking like of all the fights I've seen, you know, where fighters have broken the nose, like Mike Perry or the, actually that same that same night, Dominic Reyes and John Bokowitz, uh where Reyes broke his nose, and just a, a number of other fights where fighters have broken their nose and have still continued even after. In the second yeah. or third round, I don't know. Did you think that stoppage was a little bit maybe premature or or odd? I mean, it's, that's definitely a great point. Um, and a little bit of a bizarre thing. Uh, it, it probably wasn't solely based on the broken nose, I would imagine, because yeah, we've seen a lot worse ones. And in the case of the Perry one, for example, and Reyes, I mean, those were situations where. Well, the parry was at the end of the fight, so he didn't really get between rounds. Like, you guarantee they would have stopped it if that would have happened in the end of the second round, and then they went between rounds there. There's no way they would have let that keep going. And then Reyes didn't make it to the uh, make it between rounds either after he broke his. Um, but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't an absolutely gruesome you know nose break or anything. It probably was you know he was just done. I mean, you could hear him breathing very heavy after oh, like yeah. a minute, minute and a half into the into the three round. I mean, the three-minute first round. <laughs> so, um, yeah, usually like, well, fuck, man. I just got kneed in the head on the ground. I didn't expect this <laughs> to go this way. You probably gave up. I mean, it's not. that's not a crazy thought. <laughs> okay, yeah, because if they, if the doctor legitimately said that, like, oh, we can't, he can't continue because his, his, his nose is broken. Like, I'm sorry, but there have been worse injuries that I've that seen. That was probably James's excuse. <laughs> Okay, if that's his excuse, that's totally different. But if 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 they're going by what if we're going by like the doctor saying he can't continue, I have to call bullshit on that. I think yeah. the, they should have just if he was willing to continue, and the, but the doctor saying no, you can't. I I just can't buy. Uh, 
as somebody who ha has broken their nose, actually, my nose looked a lot worse when it got broken compared with uh, Dylan James. I didn't even, it didn't even look like his nose was broken. He just happened to be bleeding a lot. So I thought maybe he just got his nose busted but not broken. Um... I know we, you know, we did talk a little bit about, uh, you know, Sidario. I think he, he, when we talked to him, he said he's, he's, he's supposed to be doing the New Year's Eve show as well. So, I mean, you know, I guess you, like you said, uh, it's going to be, uh, I, I mean, a sap, maybe, I don't know, uh, for, I mean, uh, the heavyweight division, Japanese heavyweight division is a, it's a funny thing. I mean, I guess maybe if they open up the borders, they can maybe get some foreigners to come in, but I mean, the... Only if you want to get a foreigner who lives in Japan, really, Bob Sapp is. I know he lives in Japan, so if, if he does, like, he's the only foreigner that they could have face him as a heavyweight, as far as I know. There's a few other heavyweights, but like, he's the biggest name. Would you see? I know you said you were joking, but like, would you consider that like to book that for a New Year's Eve show if you can't book any other foreigners or can't find any, I guess, suitable heavyweights, Drake? Yeah, I mean, the options are incredibly limited, right? I mean, even if you can find some other guys around that size and whatnot that can go with him, you don't want to give him somebody who's super experienced, right? Yeah. <laughs> that would be, that would kind of make it a little a, a little messed up, you know, for the whole idea. And, of course, you know, Sap is way more experienced than him. But, I mean, if we're going to be real, it's not like Bob Sap's a good fighter anymore. You know, there was a time where, you know, but... um yeah, so that seems like kind of the only option. Big guy who you got you're gonna have to t take a big guy who you know does have some experience. Obviously, Bob has a lot, like I said, but I mean, we've we've seen you know what his fights look like. So it's I think that's probably the best route. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I my uh, our uh, one of our uh, listeners and uh, friends of the show, Luke, uh, uh, he made a whole bunch of possible future fights, and he suggested. Uh, I'm assuming he was being serious. Um, uh, Osuna versus um, Sudario. Yeah, you could do that too. I mean, I think what you mean is Osuna Rashi Kentaro yeah. versus Sudario. Yes, yes, yes. Os yeah, Osuna. I, I, I'm not good. His full name is a mouthful, say, but yeah, Osuna. Um, I don't know if he was in Japan though. I think he was in California, uh, unless I'm mistaken. But would you say that'd be interesting putting two former sumos up against each other? I don't know. Is that does that does that draw money as they say in pro wrestling, Drake? You think? Um. Yeah, I think it would probably still be fine. You know, just because they're both two big dudes. I mean, <laughs> Sudarachi, that guy, he is massive. <laughs> so <obviously laughs> physically. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, th I think that, you know, <laughs> it would do just fine because it is what it is. That's, I think, the best way to describe these kind of fights. It, they are what they are. You know? yep. <laughs> um, now, we also, you know, uh, a common thing we do on the show is if somebody is rising worthy, obviously Sudari is going to be back, uh, he told us, and uh, so he'll be back for whatever fight that'll be. Now, the big question is, Drake, Dylan James, is he rising worthy to come back to rise in the future? Absolutely not. <laughs> I, would, I would go the rest of my life without ever seeing his face again. <laughs> Christian, what about you? If I can be a bit more blunt, if I can be a bit more blunt about this, after watching that performance late Saturday night, early Sunday morning of Dylan James, you know, just getting his ass handed to him and quitting over a broken nose, all I gotta say is get Dylan James the fuck out of there. <laughs> he, as the, he as rapper Scarface
to say was talking big six, but packing double blanks. Mm. He basically was talking all the hot shit in the world, basically saying, oh, I got Akebono in my corner, when Akebono hasn't really been physically active in almost two years due to this, I mean, due to him being in a coma. The dude basically, I mean, yeah, I give him credit for the fact that he is a world-class professional wrestler, but dude needs to realize, or dude should have realized, that mixed martial arts is a take-no-shit type of sport. This sport doesn't take no prisoners. The dude came in there barking up the wrong tree and got slapped in the back like the little-ass puppy that he is, even though, granted, he's a little older. I mean, yeah, maybe he probably thought this was going to be a walk in the park. Maybe he thought he was going to go in, you know, kick ass, take names, and leave. But still, dude was full of shit. Mm-hmm. Dude's basically nothing more than a fucking, I mean, yeah, neophyte, yeah, novice, yeah, sure. But the dude came in with little to no training out of a fucking pro wrestling camp. No disrespect to them because they are, I mean, all Japan strong style ain't dead for nothing. But still, this dude should have never had any business in that damn ring. And it's shown on Saturday, or late Saturday, early Sunday, because the dude just got worked. And I, too, wouldn't mind not seeing him in Ryzen or any other professional MMA promotion ever again. I, I, we all, I gotta also point out. So, you know, when the... Let me, let me, go, ahead, let me go ahead and finish, oh, Andrew. sorry, sorry. Go I ahead. mean, if you're at least gonna talk shit, at least back it up. And that's exactly what Dylan James did not do. And that's all I gotta say. You can continue on with the rest of that. I did uh, enjoy the fact in the pre-fight BTR, they were showing a uh, video of his pro wrestling tag team matches in All Japan <laughs> Pro Wrestling. Uh, and uh, it was funny when uh, we talked to uh, Anson Inouye and uh, Sadario when they, they did the exact same thing. And Anson Inouye was like, are you serious? This is what you're putting up? Is this, is, this is what we got to fight? This is who we're fighting? And I was just thinking like, hmm, what must be the audience thinking who are tuning in for the first time and they're seeing uh, an MMA fighter in pro wrestling tag matches? <laughs> um, uh, oh, the other thing I want to also know, know if anybody else knows this. Were they was Ryzen muting uh, some of the uh, entrance themes? Cause I think uh, well, I think Sadario came out to Full Riders My House, but it was I th- yeah, yeah, and I think they they may yeah, have I think they may have um uh altered the audio so that the commentators sounded louder than the actual music. Did you notice that Drake at all? Uh, it seemed to happen a few times throughout the show. Yeah, there were a couple entrances where it was, you know, quieter, muffled, lowered, you know, in the background where, and then the commentators were, I don't know if they were louder, but obviously they weren't, you know, turned down a bit. Um, And it seemed like, yeah, from the pattern, I was noticing that it was more with, uh, you know, American songs, I think, which, um, yeah, interesting little note there. And I was, at first I was kind of like, are they having technical difficulties? And maybe they were, that could have just been what it was, but um, no, it seemed like, you know, too too obvious yeah. it was happening at those specific times for that to have been the case. Um, yeah, I'll have to ask around about that, too. Yeah, because, you know, one of the things that makes Ryzen, obviously, that makes it unique is the entrances, 
hearing Lenny Hart uh, make the announce mm-hmm. uh, the uh, the fires' names and all that stuff. So I just saw like it was it was really noticeable since it never happened before. It as far as I can recall, there's never been any sort of muting. They never did on their fight TV shows uh, for the last two shows. They didn't do that, so it was really noticeable. I know it happened in the opening fight of Yachi O'Hara. I just figured, oh, audio issues. But then it happened with yep. this fight and maybe one or two other well, matches. Andrew, on the contrary, I managed to, I mean, both I and Mickey K MMA, normally a connoisseur of theme music for Ryzen, I managed to get 11 out of the 12 Ryzen themes, you know, even without the troubles of, you know, having the mutes and all that shit. I mean, the only theme I didn't get, obviously, was Dylan James, because, of course, I mean, <laughs> it was hard to get it in the first place. I'll probably have to wait until the fight replay to get it. Okay, but yeah. <laughs> I did manage to get most of the... I and Mickey K both managed to get 11 of the 12 themes down, despite the issues. Um, but yeah, just to, uh, just to quickly finish this up, no, he's not rising worthy, Dylan James. Um, I, I think he may have been, I think when it comes to pro wrestlers turned MMA, he might have been legitimately the worst. Uh, even worse than CM Punk. I know. Oh, man, brutal. You know what, I, I want to say this though, I, I was fairly impressed by how he was blocking some of those knees with one arm. I thought that was somewhat, if you're going to say anything was impressive about his performance, he blocked those knees with one arm pretty good. I guess so, yeah. But here's the thing, I can at least say that CM Punk got a takedown. In his in his one MMA match, and that's much more than a that's a lot better than going for a headlock uh, in an MMA match. Um, but yeah, I, I I picked Dylan. You know what? Maybe Dylan James should have probably looked at Doctor Steve Williams's one professional MMA fight, or maybe looked at Rocky Romero or CM Punk or Sumi Sakai and see how they fared in professional MMA. Mm-hmm. Before um, trying to jump to conclusions and thinking that he could think this was a walk in the park, but when it really wasn't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I guess yeah, I picked Dylan James to win. His mouth won me over. It's all you know, whatever. I should have. I was. I, I had a feeling he was going to lose. But listen, this fight was made for Cesaro to win, and that's what happened. I that was your end goal, and yeah, that was a heavyweight open weight meme fights freak show whatever of the night. Uh, with that being said, Christian, let's move on down the weights, uh, the next weight, uh, section, I guess. I mean, yeah, we can do that, and considering the fact that there were no welterweight, middleweight, or light heavyweight fights on the card, the next lightest weight class is obviously the lightweight division, pardon the pun, and if you want to talk about Surefire openers, this fight was pretty damn crazy. Jiri O'Hara defeated Yusuke Yachi via split decision after three grueling five-minute rounds. But the entire first round was just crazy because O'Hara had Yachi busted the fuck open during that entire first round. He had him giving more blood away than the American Red Cross. But still, it was a firefight in the second as Yusuke Yachi just wailed on O'Hara. And in the third round, it was anybody's fight. But 
deal. The one thing I can ask about this fight is, should we see a rematch? And do y'all think that this should have been a draw if it weren't scored under the usual Japanese rule set? Um, I'm going to also put two additional questions, uh, and I guess you can answer all of them in one fell swoop, Drake. Uh, split decision. What do you? Th- uh, I know you mentioned on Twitter. Uh, I think this well, for one the fights, but I'll we can apply it to this one. Questionable. Would you agree? And uh, where does Yachi go from here? Uh, all yours. Lots to take in there. Yes. Um, you know, this fight, you know, fight of the night, I think, easily. Oh, and really also, good. sorry to interrupt, Drake. Was this one of the best first rounds you've ever seen in an MMA match? I can't remember the last time I saw a first round that that was, like, that exciting. I mean, we got we did get one at UFC 253 with the flyweights. That was a pretty good first round. But, um, yeah, this was, this was a great one, um, no doubt about it. Uh, just madness. I'm really surprised that... I, I thought the referee was going to stop because Yauchi was getting fucked up late in the first round there. Like, he got saved by the bell, probably. Um, well, I mean, no, I guess he did upkick him off there at the end, so he, he was able to get up, but, I mean, he was still taking a beating. And um, as for a rematch, potentially, I mean, I don't know if that's... I mean, yeah, you could do it. I mean, I would totally love to see it after a great fight like this. Um, and then as for a split decision, I mean... Yeah, Yachi, Yachi rallied, and he did very well. I mean, a lot better, obviously, in the, the later two rounds. Um, but, man, he just got beat up so badly in the first round that I think that that was going to be hard to overcome if you're you know, judging the fight by a hole and just who did more damage over that three-round three span. Um, you know, he was able to hurt uh, O'Hara in the second round, but just I'd never on that same level of what the damage was done in the first round. Um, so as if it was scored, you know, Round by round, though, I think that, yeah, I mean, obviously 10-8 in the first round for O'Hara. And then, yeah, you, you could argue, I, I mean, you could argue that he, he took the third round was probably the closest round, um, if I'm remembering correctly. And then the second round, you could give to Yauchi. But, um, man, yeah, in terms of the, the this, judging the fight as a whole and, you know, this the worldwide rule set, you know, whatever the scoring is, I always forget what it's called. But um, split decision, that seems... Um, yeah, just like I said, the damage I think was so much done by O'Hara in that first round that it's kind of, um, I wouldn't have been super mad at it, but it felt pretty clear. I know that you, Andrew, feel a lot more certain about this one going yeah. in favor of O'Hara. Um, so, well, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. The whole idea of a split stitch is that one judge says, no, I don't think the, other, the guy who the other two uh, think won won. And I tried thinking, I looked back at the fight. And I was watching this, and I'm like, yes, if you did it round by round, you can then make a case for it. Mm-hmm. But we know, for those that don't know, Ryzen does not, Ryzen, uh, does not do round by rounds. They don't do 10-8 for the first round, 10 seconds, or anything. It's the fight as a whole. And one of the things that is, that is taken into account is damage, or at least it should be. Um, and if you're going by that fir- the first round, if you're going by damage, O'Hara clearly took it. He clearly took it. He had Yashi bleeding, as you said, Christian. It was like it was like a he was donating to the to the Red uh, Red Cross. Um, now, if you want to talk about doctors not stopping a fight over a cut, I'm surprised that they let this yeah. fight continue because this was you can see you can see his little Harry Potter thing like right near his it wasn't on his brow but it was close enough. <laughs> yeah, you can see the lightning bolt right there. Because listen, I remember the Rocky Martinez Crow Cop fight. If you remember that, 
and it was a, that was a little teeny cut that Rocky had, but for some reason, they stopped it. I have no idea why. Uh, that this, pissed me off. So. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. And so I'm just thinking, you know, I don't know if it's, like, doctor by doctor or how it is. I know, you know, I, I know obviously, in the United States, you know, you, different states have different doctors. Like, when they stopped the Diaz, Masvidal fight, um, and that doctor got a lot of shit uh, for stopping the fight that he thought, it, for in his eyes, uh, had to be stopped. And then there's been other times where it's where it's like a bloodbath, where it's like, it's like you know, uh, Joe Stevenson and uh, BJ Penn. And, and you know, referee still lets the fight continue on, um, even though Joe Stevenson is literally, like, in a pool of his own blood. Um, uh, so, yeah, I'm just, it's, uh, and that's the one thing we're going to talk about, is that this, I think it also affected the card overall, just of how much there was a lot of just, like, weird decisions, weird choices made by the officials, um, uh, and so, yeah, in this case, yeah, split decision. I don't see how you think Yachi can win it under Ryzen rules where the whole fight is considered. Now, here's the thing. The third round, he had, he almost had O'Hara's back, but then he lost it, and O'Hara wound up getting top position. So, any, that attempt at him trying to get that back was absolutely negated by O'Hara reversing and getting on top. It's not like he gets... He was, he was achieving points just for being on his back. He was not able to hold that position. Therefore, I saw the position as, okay, it, it was basically O'Hara defending and successfully defending, uh, along with the cut and all that stuff. So I'm just trying to figure out why, how on earth does a judge see those three rounds and be like, oh yeah, Yachi win, won that. I see nothing. It's, it's, there's nothing there. It's not, it's not, there's nothing there. Either of you disagree or agree, Christian, Drake? How Yachi could have won this? I mean, Trey, do you want to talk more about this? Uh, I, I don't know. I feel, I feel like I've ex- expanded pretty good here. And, and, I mean, looking at my notes here, I kind of guess forgot that, you know, Yachi did drop him and hurt him pretty badly at the end of the second round, too. Um, you know, dropped him with a left hand and then got him with a sucker kick, actually. Yeah. But, again, just the... the time the amount of time and damage that he sustained in that first round it just it seemed like he would have had he would have had to do something similar or yeah. for take take that what happened to him and cut that in half and add it to what he did afterwards then then i would say when he doesn't even have to do the same amount of time because what he did afterward i think was good enough if you add on just a little bit of the receiving end of what you know happened to him he could have taken it um, and I, I will leave leave it on this too. Is that you know when I talked to Yachi on uh, episode two of Broad Horizon, uh, you know I asked him about man, you know you're always in these crazy awesome fights and everything. Um, is that kind of the plan to be an entertaining fighter, go out there have these wars, or does it just kind of happen that way? And he was like, you know I do go in with game plans, but when I get in the fight, you know the moment it kind of gets to me and I throw it out the window. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and yeah, it makes sense that we we kind of seen that I guess. But in this fight, I thought it looked like he stuck to the game plan. Game plan. Uh, pretty well, especially as the fight went on. And, you know, you, if you're going to go off of those comments, it's kind of surprising considering how that first round turned out. Um, but, yeah, stayed pretty consistent as it went on, I thought. But, um, yeah, as, as we've been saying with the, these rules, this rule set and scoring system, just uh, split seems a little bit difficult to give it to him here. And speaking of Yachty comments, let me uh, – I have uh, some – now here in lies the question though, and this is where I come in. I say that Jury O'Hara is rising worthy, but mm-hmm. in a way, do y'all think that there should be a rematch between these two? 
I mean, especially given how incredibly amazing this first fight was. I, 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 from that point of view, I do, I can see that. I almost, I almost feel like though, if you do a rematch, it's almost you're almost trying to right the wrong. Listen, it's clear that Ryzen wanted Diachi to win. There's no, and there's no. I don't think that's anybody's. That's anybody's gonna second guess that. But I think I think that's almost punishing O'Hara for winning, because yeah. if it had been the if, if O'Hara if if Yachi had won, um, anyway we wouldn't be getting a rematch. We there wouldn't even be talk of a rematch. So I think it's I think it's unfair. That's unfair to O'Hara. He won, he won clear as day, and he beat a guy that um that we all picked Yachi to win. You know, and and the overwhelming topology people said that. Uh, Yachi was gonna. They picked him to win. I'm pretty sure many people picked Yachi to win because O'Hara is a journeyman. You're not expecting a journeyman to take to 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 go to beat someone like Yachi. So I just don't think that. I think that's unfair to O'Hara. What do you think, Drake? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you, and um, I think that you know definitely the lightweight division has enough bodies and a lot of talent in it to where there's plenty of matchups that could be made with him where a uh, fun matchups and whatnot where you don't need to do this rematch as fun as it would be um and you know i even even though he had the rough first round obviously and you know lost the fight you know yachi he, he didn't get finished that's a plus <laughs> yes <laughs> that's that's the best um, thing you could say is that he didn't get finished embarrassingly sorry go yeah, ahead yeah so it's like man uh, obviously he's had better performances and everything but obviously this was better than yes so is a loss um, but that said, it's like, if you, if you don't, if you give him another fight in Ryzen next, uh, I feel like it might not, because the losing streak or, you know, the, the, <clears throat> what is it? He was two, he was one in four in his last five before this. So now yeah. make at the, at another loss to that. If you let him stay for another fight in Ryzen, it might not force him to change things enough. You know, you know what I'm saying? So like, if you say, all right, sorry, man, you know, you're going to have to go get some more wins somewhere else first. Maybe that'll force him to change and be more motivated to where, okay, we're going to see the ouchie of old now where this guy is able to, you know, win and put on highlight real performances where he's on the winning side. Um, so I think that that might be a good thing for him because we've got to remember he's like, what, 29, 30 still? He's like should be in his, you know, physical prime and everything and getting better, but that's just not the case, unfortunately. So I think he needs some kind of big change and, Know, going away from Ryzen for a little bit could be just what he needs to where you know he, for, he is forced to change uh, his training, you know, whatever techniques and all that stuff to, to get better. That's good. So like, yeah. Or he comes down to Yachi facing off against potential future opponents in Ryzen. I mean, we're going to talk about these fights in a matter of seconds and uh, how these guys lost. What about fighting potentially either Satoru Kitaoka or Yuki Kawano? No, I think that he would fucking destroy Kitaoka, so that would be okay. <laughs> well, here's the here's the he already fought Kitaoka, and he did exactly that. That um uh uh about two or three years ago. Oh, yes. right, right, right. So it wouldn't be no it wouldn't be no point to have a rematch between Gachi and Kitaoka. I yeah. get what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, what we're saying is have him fight Yuki Kawano. I, I I disagree. I don't think so. I think uh, when we talk about the Kwan fight, I, there's a better opponent in mind, and I'll tell you who it is. But I don't I don't want to do Yachi Kwan. What do you think, Drake? Yeah, like I said, man, I just I just think you should 
give him just one fight away from Ryzen. I mean, and that that'll be a real tell. If he loses that one, no matter who it's against, um, you know, hopefully an opponent that might be a little bit lower down the ladder or something like that. But if he loses that one, then obviously he shouldn't be in Ryzen anymore, right? So give give him that test to see if he should still be in, like for sure. So <laughs> actually, though, you know, this fight was fun. Like, so like, yeah, like a fight in deep Shudo Pancras, one of the other, I guess, lower promotions in Japan. One that one the more. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, I don't want to say second rate, but one of the obviously the ones that are below Ryzen, yeah, like Deep or, or Shudo, Pancreas, uh, somewhere there, and then yeah, that, and you know, hopefully he wins that. Um, here's something interesting as well. This is from uh, our good friend CGS report Charlie. Um, he did a little pre uh, pre Ryzen preview, and he said this about Yachi. Apparently, the main sponsor Yogibo, who made those beautiful looking comfy chairs that all the winners sat on. <laughs> In the press conference room and in the ring, apparently, apparently the CEO is a big fan of Yachi. He says, "So, if that is the case, more than likely, if Yogibo is going to be doing more sponsoring Ryzen shows, I think regardless of this fight's outcome, we see more of Yachi in the future. I think, if that is true." Uh, wait a minute. Are you saying that because the sponsors want to see him? Yes. And I can tell you that if, if you're the main, if if this, if they're the main spot, they said that Yogibo presents Ryzen. If they're the ones presenting the show, <laughs> you know what? We might just see Yachi yet again. But maybe on the maybe first fight, who knows? But I think it's I think the likelihood of seeing Yachi again, whether he's Ryzen worthy or not, uh, I think it's gonna probably be very high. I think I really do. Um, I mean, I get what you mean. What if the fans don't want to see him? Uh, oh, come on now. Who doesn't want to see Yachi, even if he's losing? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, just yeah. the same way as who don't want to, in the same vein as who don't want to see Satoru Kitaoka, even though he takes fails. <laughs> what about, the, so what about O'Hara? Do you bring him back, Drake? Oh, yeah, yes. Definitely. definitely. Anybody who? Um, who against because, well, here's, here's the interesting thing. So, uh, Takeda, who won his fight, uh, Koji mm-hmm. Takeda, he's beaten O'Hara twice and in deep. Know, three times. He has three wins over him. Oh, three. Excuse me. Three wins. So, I don't know. Do you... Let's go ahead and mention right now. Koji Takeda defeated Yuki Kawana via split decision. Takasuke Kume defeated Satoru Lupita Oka via split decision. Y'all talking oh, about that Koji was the Takeda. one. Yeah, y'all talking about a potential bout between Takeda and O'Hara, even though they already fought before. But what about O'Hara versus Kume? I think that's well. I don't. It's, it's so. I think that's that's. I think that's interesting. Here's the thing, though. It's like. It's so weird how all all these. By the way, all these were split decisions. All the entire late late bouts were split. Weird split decision wins. Um, what do you think about that, Drake? Kume versus O'Hara. Okay, well, to touch on the, the split decision stuff yeah. here right now is where we can get into it because this was Kume and Hideyoko was the one where I was like, what? Like, where I called it, where I called it questionable. It's like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa! There is absolutely no way that Hideyoko <laughs> won that fight. That was the one that was. If he wins that, that's a terrible robbery. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was that was the fight that I I was calling out specifically there out of the bunch of split decisions here. Um, and Kume versus O'Hara, I think that's probably fine. Going in, you know, I didn't expect, 
I, I didn't think that this was that great of a performance for Akume, uh, unfortunately. I thought that, you know, he'd be able to go in and win, um, you know, be able to finish uh, Kiteoka. I mean, he hit, hurt him, you know, a couple times there, but he got stunned himself. You remember right out the gate when he attacked with that body kick, he got clipped. By, yeah. He got clipped by Kiteoka and everything. So of all people, Kiteoka, who's, and I said this on Twitter, he his his striking has never evolved or devolved. It's literally been, if you look <laughs> at his, some of the early pancreas and dream fights that he was in, he literally has his, his stand-up is exactly the same. It has not changed in any way. I gotta give him credit. Kind of impressive, yeah. No, that's impressive. <laughs> that like he's ne- it's, it hasn't gotten worse, and it hasn't gone. Everybody else has gotten better. No, but he yeah, just that, has that kept it the same. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and by the way, don't so, you yeah. like don't you like how how Kiduoka at the end of the fight r- raises hands like, oh yeah, I have this in the ballpark. I hate when fighters do that when they clearly that's lose. Way the judge. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, why do you, th- what do you, why would, again, so some judge thought that Kitawoka won this fight. How do you, like, what is justification? Uh, do you think it was that knockdown that made them like, oh yeah, that gives it, that, down his day, Kitawoka won this. What do you think, Drake? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Okay, so I mean, the thing is, right, this fight honestly wasn't that good. You know, that second round was pretty yeah. much just uh, Kume uh, controlling him against the ropes for pretty much pretty much most of that round. Um, and then it was a little bit of kind of that sprinkled throughout the first and third round. This might have been, this probably might have been the worst fight of, of the card, honestly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he got he got stunned there early, but he was landing, he landed better shots throughout the fight after that. You know, he's got clipped a little bit early there. Um, and he might actually, maybe got clipped in the second round too, if I'm forgetting or in the third round, he got hit like twice good by Kitayoka. That kind of, you know, visibly shook him. But you know, Kume was clearly controlling. Um, there was what there was a guillotine attempt yeah. from Kitayoka, which you know it looked kind of deep, but some he didn't seem to be in too much of trouble. Um, so yeah, I, <laughs> I have no idea it, it, the guillotine and the 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 brief, you know, stunning the rocking that he did to Kite, uh, to Kume. Uh, right out the gate, those are like really the only highlights for Kiteoka in this that you could be like, that you could look at. So I don't know. That's definitely not enough considering how they played out. <laughs> it was not enough to give him the whole fucking fight. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to read what Kume said after after a fight, and this is from Shirobi uh, at Shirobi on Twitter, who is a Japanese reporter uh, who uh, attends the uh, press conferences. And, uh, now his English is not his first language, so it's a little bit, uh, in broken English, but, uh, basically Kume says, I hit the punch and crescent kick, and also did a takedown to make, give me the judge's, uh, the judge's decision. I think he's talking about that in the third round, I believe. Um, and then Kiroka said, uh, 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 his opponents were as strong as, as expected, um, I don't know about my future, but I'm not gonna become a YouTuber. Uh, I expect I won that... I expect I won that uh, that fight in the end um, because he went for the finish more. Um, I guess that's in reference maybe to the guillotine that you were talking about. Um, yeah, yeah. But the official uh, result is I lost. Um, so he thinks he won somehow. Um, here's the thing. My, the thing about submissions is that I believe that it, it... To me, if you... Unless it's a submission where you're controlling the person... I think here's a good example. The Ayaka Hamazaki Siohiha match. Where Ham had uh, Hamazaki in that triangle for almost the entire second round. That's when you get... Whole four minutes, I think. Yeah, whole four minutes. Uh, That's when 
I would be like, okay, you're controlling the person. You can, you, you get the judges, you get the, this, uh, whatever the point's at. But Kitaoka had maybe, uh, Kume in this guillotine for maybe, like, one minute. And here's the thing, Kitaoka is great at guillotines. He's submitted people, numerous people with them. If that guillotine was not on properly, he's just basically got the guy in a headlock and just, like, it's, a, it's, a, he got, Kume got out of it. So, I don't see how that, that even counts as trying to finish him. But I guess that's why the judge thought the somehow Kitaoka won, because he saw those guillotines and was like, oh yeah. He, he, was, he was closer to finishing him, somehow. I'm not be surprised if the same judge who, who, like gave, who, like, who said that these people won these fights was like all the same judge. There's usually a big connection. <laughs> it's usually, when one judge makes a bad decision, it's usually throughout the entire show. And I wish that Ryzen would release like the, the, the scorecards or whatever. That would be very interesting to see. I would really love to see uh, who, which... Because I also think the referees as well are judges. If you look, watch the Ryzen shows, you'll notice uh, uh, Wada, referee Wada, He's got a clipboard in his hand when he's not refereeing. And I'm assuming that's because he's also judging as well. I think the other referees do the same thing as well. Have you noticed that, Drake? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that when Jason Herzog goes over to Japan, he's also judging fights too. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you noticed that, Drake. Um, but if you don't, you should definitely look at that. You'll definitely see the, the referees. It looks like they're judging as well, which I think is very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they they probably are, um, you know, because I mean, there's plenty of American referees that, um, maybe not plenty, but some that do also judge. Not on the, I haven't heard of them doing it on the same night, but um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised there. And definitely curious about you know seeing the scorecards. Now I'll look into that as well. Now, and I wonder, just I, mean, I just saw this right now. I wonder if because this 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 show is going on opposite Pancras, if maybe like they had to get a different judge. And or referee, uh, I know. I oh, yeah. I wonder if that caused like some of these weird decisions. Like they had this, they had to like split the difference with the referees. Uh, you know, I guess maybe some one of the regular Rising guys had to go to Pancreas, and one of the Pancreas guys had to come to Rising. Maybe I don't know. It just seems so odd because there's really been none of this before. I told this show these weird, weird, weirdo decisions. Um, what do you do with Kitaoka though, Drake? I mean, here I think he should have retired after the Johnny Case fight. Yeah, yeah. he's just kind of hanging on for no reason. On if we're being totally honest, right? So, um, and he and he yeah, had his promotion. He, he has his promotion. Uh, ice, ice Moses or whatever is Moses? What's it called, Christian? Ismo. Okay. Ismo. And I thought that the, I think I said this the last time we had the show was that I thought he created his own promotion because he wasn't because Ryzen probably didn't want to hire him again anymore. Now I know there's a pandemic. So maybe they're, th- that was the original intention, and maybe they're, they need more bodies in this case. But I figure he created his own promotion. He followed the, the old Japanese pro wrestling um, thing where you're unhappy with where you work or you got, or you got kicked out of where you work. You form your own promotion or organization. So I thought he did that. And ironically enough, he didn't win the fight in his, own pro- in his home promotion as well. So... I mean, I don't know what else. What I mean, like, what do you do with a guy like that? I mean, do you put him up against the, the loser? Uh, the I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I feel like if you put him against any sort of competent lightweight in Japan or anywhere in the world, he gets beaten. I think. Yeah, but I, I just don't think he's 
chin's really there anymore. Like, obviously, Kume didn't finish him, but Kume, you know, didn't really try to strike specifically. He was really getting in the clinch and, you know, testing his grappling there. But I think if he wanted to, if he wanted to pour it on, he probably could have finished him striking. Um, and, I mean, most people are going to do that, I think, at this point, uh, especially in rising lightweights. So, I mean, if so, if we're going to go back to Yachi here, if Yachi is going to stay in rising again, fuck it, let's do the rematch with Kideoka, then we'll, you know, then we'll see who, oh. who's... That'll be the real loser leaves town. Okay, <laughs> yeah, sure. Because, because, okay, so let's, let's, let's go on to... Let's, let's talk about the Takeda-Kawana fight, which, you know, if you want to say it was a split decision win, I will agree with that, because yeah. I saw all, all across the board, oh, no, Kawana win, oh, no, Takeda win, and you can, I think you can make clear cases for both. Who did you have originally winning when, you, when the third round ended, Drake? I thought Kawana, uh, not Kawana, I thought that Koji Takeda, I thought that he got it. Um, I, He came on really strong, and I felt like he was just landing a bit more clean. And I mean, this fight really heated up as it went on, I thought. You know, started a little bit slow. I mean, they were, you know, kind of feeling each other out. They were still, you know, throwing pretty decently. But, yeah, as it went on, it turned into a real, a really fun fight, you know, just as each round passed by. But, um, yeah, I just feel like Takeda was landing a lot more effectively in, in the third round because it was really even. So, I mean, for the for most of that fight, but just towards the end, I think he kind of stole it at the uh, as time was winding down. So, yeah, I could definitely see it for either way. But, um, yeah, like I said, you know, I just think that Koji's punches were really getting through a lot better towards the end. Do you think that uh, Takeda looked good uh, in victory? I think, he, yeah, I think he looked a lot better compared to that Damian Brown fight. Like oh, absolutely. Like I saying last week, yeah. I thought that he was uh, just a little, he looked a little bit, you know, gun-shy and was a little hesitant in that fight. But, um, and I mean, yeah, I guess you could make the case for that in the first round here, but he heated up as it went on, and that could have been because Kawana was bringing the fight to him. But um, either yeah, way, he yeah. showed up a lot better. I definitely think that, I thought Kawana put up a much bigger fight, better fight than I thought he was initially. Let me just read the comments from uh, Takeda. He said that Kawana was aware of the takedown, and he is very strong, meaning uh, Kawana. He has a very good striking skill, especially with the feint. Uh, when he was in his corner, when uh, Kawana, Takeda, Takeda was in his corner, he said to Miata, I can't take him down. And then uh, he said about his performance, uh, that this it did not meet my expectations, so I'm not happy. Now, Kawana, now after they went the decision, Kawana was pissed. He left the ring immediately. I don't know if any of you saw that. He just like... Nah. Yeah, he, 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 I don't think I saw him shake hands with, Take, with Takeda or go to the other corner. Uh, he left that ring fuming. And he was uh, still talking about it on Twitter. After, like, right after, like, 10, like, I think it was, like, I think as soon as, like, 30 minutes. the back, grabs his phone, gets tweeted. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, it wasn't, like, anything, like, bull fucking shit, I won that stuff. But he was clearly, he clearly thought he won. Here are his comments after the fight. I did strategically right, but still lost. Uh, he's a very impressive fighter. Um, I'm not. I wasn't nervous because of the big event. Um, uh, he says that his next opponent will be up to Ryzen. Uh, he doesn't have a dissatisfaction about the judges' score, which maybe you know after you know some time to calm down, maybe he, that's what he thought. But when he he says when he leaves it to the judges, uh, that's his fault for losing. So he may have calmed down since you know that loss, you know, and it happens. Um, but that was a fight that I, I saw Damian Brown say. He wants to fight Kawana. What do you think about doing that uh, fight, Drake? Uh, presuming they could bring foreigners in for the next show. Yeah, I mean, I'm down for that. I love watching Damian Brown fight most anybody. Um, seems kind of seems kind of like an interesting choice for him to you know, kind of call him out. But I mean, in terms of stylistic matchups, yeah, that's definitely a really fun fight. But um, um, 
I mean, is what's Brown, did Brown lose his last fight? Was that against uh, Johnny? He lost recently. Uh, to Busayev. You lost to Busayev. Oh, right, right. He fought Tofi. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess it doesn't make sense. And for some reason, I thought he might have been still winning. But, um, yeah, that, yeah, that works for me. I, I, I'm part of the camp where I think losers should fight losers and winners should fight winners. I don't know. Are you, do you agree with that type of matchmaking? It kind of depends on the situations, I think, for each fighter. Like, I would, I'd be down for O'Hara versus Brown even. I think that could be really fun. Um, you know, I don't know if Crookshank still, I mean, of course, this depends on if they can get there too, but Crookshank versus O'Hara could be good to go back to him. That might be a fun one. Um, a lot of options in lightweight, man. There's, oh, yeah. I think, endless possibilities. So, um, yeah, I won't I'll, complain about any of them, but I'm down for the real, Brown, whatever. Unless there's a real, unless Ryzen comes out with a real concrete uh, ranking system, I think that's how, I feel like that's the best way they can book fights. Because it was, if you have ranking, that's a little bit different. You can, you can mix, mix and match a little bit. But since Ryzen doesn't have that, I, I feel like if, if you put winners against winners and losers against losers, I think for that promotion, it makes it a little bit more, I, like if a winner fights a, uh, someone who lost the last fight. It makes it difficult for you. Yeah. If a winner fi- fights someone who's a loser, the loser has everything to gain while the winner really doesn't have anything. Uh, that's how I see it. Um, but, so, uh... The name particular competitor, I can't really say anything about, you know, what to see from Kawana next, because, of course, I don't really know him outside of the... I don't really know him much outside the PFL. I don't really know him much outside the fact that he's the Shudo Lightweight Champion, so... You know, I guess anybody would probably do in this climate as long as it gives me the chance to learn more about them. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, here, even though, I think this is a, a fight where you can say both look good in the end. Even though Kawana officially lost, I think he still looked good. Um, one of those, it's one of those uh, losses that, like, where both fighters line up looking good. Um, would you agree with that, Drake? Oh, yeah, definitely. I don't think that it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a really fun fight back and forth, like we were saying, could have gone either way. Yeah, I don't think the stock drops too much at all. It's still champion, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so. Right, so I think we're all in agreement that that at least Takeda and Kawan are both rising worthy. They should definitely come back at some point. Yeah. Yes, we are definitely in agreement. Now, do you want to talk about the 146-pound contest next? Yes, let's go ahead with that, Christian. Okay, next contest on the docket, Takahiro Ishida submitted the underground emperor Kyohei Hagiwara via modified hammerlock submission, modified hammerlock submission in 4 minutes and 25 seconds. Therefore, Ishida improves his MMA record to 24 and 10. Hagiwara officially sees his professional MMA record, according to him, Dropped to three and three. But to be quite honest, Ashida with the submission victory. I mean, did that amaze y'all the way how he executed it? And, and obviously, aside from, you know, are, are both of these men rising worthy? Do we see more of hockey war? Christian, I'll, I don't know. Sorry, Drake, I'll defer to you. Mm, I don't know. It's it's kind of 
tough to say um, in terms of who, who who we're looking at more. I mean, I think that Ashida he just fought a, he fought a smart fight here. Um, you know, by taking it down and getting that submission, which was a very nice submission. How he mm. set that up and you know transitioned there. Uh, it was looking like a triangle, but went for the arm. Um, looked very painful. Um, you know, Hagiwara was down for a while. I don't remember even seeing him get up, but he was he was in some pain from that. Um, yeah, I think it was just kind of a bad matchup for him. Obviously, he still needs to work on that grappling defense, and he, he was you know getting getting some strikes off early while the fight was standing. And Ashida's like, hell no, man. So um, yeah, in terms of who uh, who has a better upside, I mean, obviously the experience difference was huge going into this, like we were talking about last week. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if I could lean one side or the other, but obviously a very good performance and smart performance by Ashida. Uh, the one time, so I don't know, have any of you either uh, have seen the Aki Bono Hoist Gracie match, MMA match? I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I didn't see the whole thing. I do know that Hoist Gracie whooped that ass, though. Yeah, uh, Drake, <laughs> did you know that fight, uh, Hoist Gracie versus Aki Bono? I have not seen it, no. Okay. It's on YouTube. I don't, I don't think so. It's on YouTube. It's a quick fight to watch. And uh, well, Hoist Gracie won the exact same way that uh, uh, Ashida did with that with the Omoplata triangle submission. Exactly the same way. Bent the arm. That's the, this is the only time I can recall ever seeing the submission done like that in an MMA, MMA match. Yeah, man. Ashida looked great. Like, you know, I mean, he looked great, you know, in the first few sec, uh, first few minutes that this uh, fight lasted. Um, Hagiwara, I mean, here's the thing. I wrote on Twitter, I think that there, that Hagiwara is a star, and then immediately he gets tapped out by Ashida. So, sad day for me. But I think that Hagiwara, I still think there's something about him. He's got a personality. If you ever, um, uh, if you ever get the, uh, if you ever see like his, his, his uh, press conference comments, he's he's saying stuff. He talks not so much trash, but he's got a lot of confidence. He doesn't talk like the typical Japanese fighter who says, you know. I, I very much am respectful of my opponent. You know, I hope he can put on a good fight. When I got the uh, translations for his fight comments uh, before the fight, he said he was going to beat the, beat the snot out of Ishida. Uh, in the first fight that he had uh, uh, in Ryzen out of 22, he said he was going to beat the shit out of his opponents. So, I kind of like that. He's, got, he's a unique personality, I think, that I, I don't think this one loss hurts him at all. Um... You know who I there? If you wanted to put him up against um, the loser of the uh, Kotetsu Boku match, um, do you remember who who was the one that that Boku was beaten by Christian? That fight was terrible, so I don't remember a lot about it. Mm, I think if I remember correctly, Kotetsu no face Boku lost to Jin Aoi. Jin Aoi. If you want to do Hagiwara versus Aoi. Um, even though I really don't think Aoi should get another chance, but the problem is, is you know, you're not going to have a lot of talent. You're, you're, basically, you have one island to pick talent from, and so that's obviously going to limit it. So, if you, since they both lost their match, uh, I think if you want to give Aoi another chance, I think, yeah, Aoi versus Hagiwara, let's see if Aoi can do better. If not, let's see if Hagiwara can bounce back against an opponent who's obviously much actually, more... Actually, actually, and true. Jin Aoi won that fight. Oh, that's and awesome. again, you don't like picking 
winners and losers. But here's the thing: he looked, he looked, he won, not because he was a better fighter, but because Kotetsu Boku was absolutely like shot and terrible in that match. So it wasn't that he won of any sort of skill; it's because Boku was terrible. So I'm treating that as more of a loss and saying, "Aoi, okay, let's see you do better. If you can do better." And this fight against a guy who's three and three, okay, maybe featherweight tournament down the line, or Hagiwara, okay, let's see, you have a fighter who has much more, you know, experience, uh, less experience than Ishida. Here's another chance against somebody who's who has more experience, uh, but it, and is also on a winning streak. What do you think about that, Drake? Yeah, sounds good to me. I mean. Yeah, that works. <laughs> Too uh, much to add. Uh, here's what... Let me read Ashita's comments after the fight. He said he expected more of a striking match and that he wants to fight on New Year's Eve. He said he'll fight anybody, including the YouTuber or kickboxer. And uh, <laughs> he also mentioned that the seat that he was sitting in, the Yogibo uh, beanbag chair, was awesome as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, obviously... So, we guessing YouTuber or kickboxer... And who is this you were talking about? Uh, when he talked about the YouTuber, he uh, he means Mikuru and the kickboxer uh, Ren Hiramoto. Who... Well, no, no, I meant who was saying? Oh, Ashida. Ashida was uh, said that stuff. Um. Yeah, Ashida basically saying he'll either face off against Mikuru or Tension. No, no, Ren, no, 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 no. Ren Hiramoto, who they they had a uh, a uh, kickboxing oh, match at Bellator in Japan. Ren Hiramoto. Yeah. You know what? I wouldn't mind seeing that fight happen between Ashida and Hiramoto because Hiramoto said he wants to get into MMA. Yes, but here's the thing. Do you really want to put Ren Hiramoto in his first MMA match against Ashida? I don't think so. Um, that's 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 not going to end good. That's that it'll be it'll, it'll probably end the same way as James Tony and Randy Couture, to tell you the truth. I think. Yeah, point. But here's the thing, though. I mean, Drake, you probably know this more than anything. JMMA is about storylines. And, of course, Ashita versus Ren, that fight happened on the Bellator MMA post-limbs for Bellator 237. You know, Ryzen can build off of that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's definitely, <laughs> there is some story to that there. And he got knocked out. And I remember seeing it on Twitter, but I can't, I can't remember how bad it was. But, um... Yeah, it's an it's an option. So, um, but I feel yeah. I feel like it's almost too much of an easy win. It it, it would I feel like if after like because here's the thing when we talked to Ishida, he said he wouldn't mind facing Hiromoto after he has a few more kickbox a few more excuse me a few more MMA matches. So, I think that's more lo logical and you can go that route. His first MMA match, do you really? Want, it's and if Ishida wins, it's kind of just like an it's like a. It's a pointless win on his record, kind of. You beat a kickboxer in your own game, you know. Yeah. I think, at least when an MMA fighter goes into kickboxing, you can at least say, okay, they train and stand up for MMA, so they're at least bringing that knowledge in. How does somebody like Ren Hiromoto, where in all the facets that come with MMA, take down defense, grappling, offense, take down offense, grappling, deep, all that stuff, and I don't. I think it's just a. I think it's a really unfair fight to make. In my personal opinion, and it, it gets a sheet of nowhere down the line, yeah, but not now, not for New Year's mm -hmm. Eve. Um, yeah, that's fair. I was thinking, what about a Shida versus uh, Yutaka Saito, who won uh, in his uh, Rising debut at twenty three, uh, and uh, 
against Kazumasa Majima. And then the winner of that... And then the winner of that goes on to face Mikuru. What do you think, uh, Drake? Well, then who is Mikuru fight in the meantime? Well, here's the thing. Mikuru, I feel like I'm feel, I feel like Mikuru's kind at this point where he talks more about fighting rather than fighting. So I have no idea. I know he's he was injured, I believe, when 22 and 23 happened, some sort of elbow injury. I don't know if he's still injured, but I feel like I'm hearing more about him talking about fighting in his YouTube channel rather than actually fighting. So I don't know at this point what his status is because he's also said that he's not going to do MMA much longer as well. So. Hey, he doesn't need to with that channel, dude. Holy oh, shit. I know, I know. So, like, I don't even know, like, at this point, like, what his status is, really, to tell you the truth. It's real. It's, uh, it's up in the air, as far as I know. Maybe I could try and get him on the next episode, but I feel like he'd be a guy that'd be, like, not interested in that. <laughs> well, also, also, here's the thing as well. He's, I don't know if you heard about this. Mikuru's got his kind of his own, I call it the Mikuru Azakura Contender Series, where they have three fighters, they're having these three fighters... Uh, from smaller gyms, uh, they take uh, like an apprenticeship or they join uh, his gym, Triforce Jiu-Jitsu, and basically he's, and this is on his YouTube channel, where he's basically training them under uh, 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 as their coach. And uh, one of the fighters uh, had his debut at uh, Deep uh, 96, and he won uh, that fight. Uh, I don't know about, much about the two other fighters, but it's I call it, I call it the uh, Mikuru Azakura Contender Series. Um... I guess, I guess whoever is the best fighter, he uh, gets to go to Triforce permanently, I think. I don't know. But that's what he's doing. He's now like a coach now as well. Hmm. So I don't know what his... I would, I would gladly say, like, you know, say, hey, you know, hey, Mikru should fight New Year's Eve. I, that's obviously the answer, I think. And also, he's still, you know, he's talking about, hey, he wants to fight Foy Mayweather and all that stuff. So I don't even know what, what Mikru's status is. It's so, it's so up in the air right now that... I, I'm not even booking at this point, looking at the booking with Mikru in mind, other than, you know, maybe you have a, someone fight him down the line at some point. But, yeah, I mean, I, at this point, it might just be a featherweight tournament and Mikru's not even in it, if that's what the route they go. That would be that would be kind of insane. Oh. I feel like you need him. <laughs> oh, here's the other thing as well. So, um, when I was at the Bellator, uh, Bellator show with uh, Archuleta and Mix... I was, th I was talking with Archuleta off camera about uh, Ryzen, and he was telling me uh, that apparently uh, the, when, when they were having the Bellator show, it was supposed to be him versus Mikuru, not Makapa versus Mikuru. Oh my god, and that would have been awesome. Apparently Archuleta, what he told me was Mikuru's, uh, Mikuru's camp turned it down. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm not going to speculate. Yeah. Everybody, you know, there's always difference... There's a difference in when someone turns. That's it's. It, but that's what he told me. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. So <laughs> I don't know if Mikuru is even interested in really tough fights anymore. That's the other thing as well, because that would have been a tough fight him against Archuleta. Yeah, uh, that would have been a good one. But yeah, like the the one forty five division, which was like barren. It was a wasteland of nothingness before. Is now on par with their lightweight division. And I think there's a lot of good stuff that's going to come from it. Um, but, uh, yeah, certainly both are wise and worthy, in my p opinion. I think we're going to, we'll definitely see Ishida's back, especially with that win as well. Um, with that being said, Christian, should we 
go down the card with the next fight? Yes, let's go ahead and talk about the fight that was just announced, but it lived up to its villain. It lived up to its hype. That's mm. such little time to be had. Kentotaki's Allo defeated Yuko, I mean, Yuto, Kentaro Hokumura, via split decision after three five-minute rounds. Although this fight was at the last minute, again, as I mentioned, it lived up to its bargain. So I gotta ask, obviously Kentaro is rising worthy, but do you see Kentotaki's Allo being rising worthy? By the way, I just want to also mention briefly, uh, the two people who did not do post-fight ca- uh, comments uh, for Ryzen were Dylan James and Hir- uh, Hir- uh, Hiragawa. Hiroi Hiragawa, excuse me. Oh my god, I'm so, I'm so busted right now. Hagiwara. I always do that with his name. <laughs> yeah, uh, Hagiwara. So you might have been on something with that just shoulder. Just yeah. call him Kiyohei. So I'm just thinking, uh, Drake, you may have been on some of that shoulder. Uh, it's possible that he did injure his shoulder badly. Oh, I'm yeah. trying to find out more about that. And Dylan James, because I guess nose broken, whatever else that. But uh, yeah, uh, talk about uh, Kintaro and Takizawa. Did this fight live up to the hype that it did? I mean, we didn't get a lot of time for the hype, but yeah, it was, it was a very solid fight for sure. Um, yeah, it, it was a fun one back and forth, of course. And uh, it got some really interesting spinning wheel kicks there in the second round <laughs> from uh, from Takizawa through like two of them in a row. Uh, really slow, but the second one kind of landed. Kintaro ate it like nothing. <laughs> um, so yeah, we got kind of a little bit of everything with this one. And uh, Kintaro kind of took him down in the in the third round and kind of controlled things as it came to a close. But, you know, good back and forth scrap for sure. Um, and I guess the biggest thing to note is Kintaro's shirt. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cause I was I was wondering, and I asked, like, why is Kintaro wearing a what shirt? The reason why Kintaro was wearing a rash guard or a shirt is because, and I think even though you obviously don't live in Japan, Drake, you probably know this by now, but Yakuza tattoos aren't really TV-friendly over there in Japan. Aren't really in Japan. But then so I, have, I have a question about that. Yeah, they either have to cover up or they don't fight. They don't show. But here's the, here's the thing. Uh, 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 Kintaro's been on another... He's, he was on the Ryzen 20 show, I believe. No, uh, the Ryzen 21 show. And he didn't have to cover up his tattoos then. And Hagiwara didn't have to cover up his tattoos for this show. So, I just don't... I'm a little, a little bit confused. Like, why this time they made him put on a shirt? Oh, actually, here's another thing as well. Um, in a way's corner, um, his daughter... Um, forgot, she... Uh, she messaged me and said that that they uh, that they had to cover up their tattoos as well. So I just found that like there was no consistency with that. So I was just like, does that like if so if your previous yakuza does that make your t- your tattoos like non comprende no bueno? But if you're not yakuza, you just got tattoos because you just want to get tattoos. Does that make them like semi okay? I have no idea. Because and here's the thing, if Hagi they had to put on a shirt, I would be like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But uh, Kentaro was the only one who put on uh, that. Actually, oh, sorry, I'll actually say something as well. Koji had his tattoos, I think they put tape on his tattoo or some sort of uh, thing on uh, where his tattoo uh, was. I think it's on his shoulder or his back or something. So uh, I wonder if, they, because they, if... The Kentaro fight they were going to show maybe on a repo on the Japanese TV feed, 
or they were planning to, if that's the reason why, maybe they had no intention of showing the Hagiwara uh, uh, match on TV. So that's why Hagiwara was able to get away with no shirt. Any thoughts? Maybe. I don't know. Okay. But uh, you, you, I'll tell you, this fight was very disappointing in my eyes. I was very disappointed. I thought there'd be a lot more action. I thought it'd be a, a, a first or second round finish. I was disappointed with how, especially in the first round, it was, I was getting, I was getting, uh, I was getting, uh, Derek Lewis, Niganu vibes, where they're really yeah, just no. staring at each other. And I'm just like, oh no. I think that you were probably also getting Michael Venom Page versus Paul Daly vibes. At least they grappled in that, but this, like, until the third round. <laughs> yeah. And then again, we have to, let's talk about the split decision. So, some judges thought that Kintaro won the fight. What do you think, Drake? I don't know who do you who do you think originally won when the uh, pulled out the cards. Um, I, I did I did think that Kintaro slightly. I don't know. I, I don't think I was really judging this one too much um, while I was recapping. But um, I mean, I I can understand that because if you think about what was the biggest moment in the fight, it was in that third round where you know Takizawa. He, he clipped him and he hurt Kentaro, dropped him a little yeah. bit to his knee, but then Kentaro, you know, grabbed the leg and was able to ride it out on top of him um, for a little bit after there and recover. So, I mean, in terms of who had the biggest moment, the biggest highlight, did the damage, uh, I was Takizawa for that 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 moment right there in the third round. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know if I could say exactly how strongly I feel about who should have won this one. I mean, I thought that. You know, if we're going to say if they looked Ryzen worthy, yeah, I think that Takizawa looked uh, just fine here. So, mm. um, in terms of, you know, I would love to see him around again, yeah. Well, I, I thought that Kentaro, I agree. I thought Kentaro won that. Because remember, near the uh, in third round, I think maybe minute uh, minute 30 left or two minutes, he got Kentaro, I mean, he got uh, Takizawa's back and was basically controlling him. He didn't get yeah. him down or anything, but he was basically, he had him controlled. And. I remember, I think Takizawa even tried to, like, under underhook the top rope, I think. I, that's the least I thought he was trying to do. Um, Christian, who do you think won this when, they, uh, when uh, the fight was over? Who I think won this fight? Yeah. I mean, it's like, seriously, who do you think that I thought should have won this fight? Well, no, well, who do you think won when the fight ended? Who did you think won the fight uh, before they announced the official decision? I mean, to be honest, considering the fact that this fight was just announced, and I think it was... I don't know if this was the fight I basically said no decision on. Yeah. But I really thought that... I really thought that it could have been anybody's fight, especially mm -hmm. going into that third round. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. I mean, you know, I was, very, I was, you know, considering what Kintaro did in his first fight against Kenji uh, Kato in it, uh, when he uh, debuted in Ryzen, it was a, I, 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 here's the thing, I know this fight was announced the week, uh, it was announced the day that we did the preview show, so that's the, that same week that the Ryzen show happened, so I don't know if that means if this fight was in talks longer, and then they're just waiting for people to agree to money, sign I can confirm that. Wait, so it was really signed the day the day of that we did the preview show. Yeah. 
Uh, hmm. I mean, I kind of just would figure that, you know, it, even... But there had to be talk. It's not like they just called him up last minute and were like, hey, you want to fight? I can't believe that like that, that would happen. It, uh, oh, no, no. Uh, there, were, there was talks. That, that, that was, yeah, they, they had it planned. It just came down to, you know, whatever details, yeah. negotiating and whatnot. But they, they knew about it for okay. at least you know, more time than that. I can okay, good. Because I, I was like, because here's the thing. If, if this fight was, like, if it was, if they both, like, if, if Shingo or... Sakaki Barra said, okay, we need one more fight. Call Kintaro and Takizawa, see if we can get them. And then they booked it the Monday of. Literally, they, they booked some, and booked <laughs> it and signed it. Then they're like, okay, you have two kind of unprepared fighters who have only like four or five days for a full training camp and all that stuff and cutting weight and, and everything. Maybe I could be like, yeah, that's why they both were this way. But again, that's why I, I figured this had to be like weeks... Uh, talked about and yeah i think considering you know like you said takizawa did fine but with what the bantamweight division is and who's in there i kind of just was hoping to see a lot more to uh from both to make their stamp especially with kentaro kentaro is unusually popular for some reason i don't know why uh he's got a huge following on social media and on his youtube channel and I don't know how that happened. If you um, if you go to his Ryzen the the uh, the Ryzen twenty one show, which was his debut show, and look at his post fight video versus all the others, his is one of the highest in terms of views. I think it might be at a million at this point, or close to a million. So wow, I'm not so sure why. I know why Mikuru is popular. I know why Kai's popular. But I don't know what what makes Kentaro popular. He'll be back certainly. Um, I, yeah, I guess I was, I was expecting a lot more considering where these two were from and their whole background. That's just my personal opinion. What would you do next for Takizawa, Drake? Uh, who would you have, have in mind to face uh, next in the Bantamweight division? Mm. Non-title match know. against Kaya Zakura? We're going to continue <laughs> non-title matches? The, uh, the, for some reason, the first person that came to mind... When you when you asked that question, it was Justin Scoggins. Um, I don't know if he's still doing things with Ryzen. I think he had a fight outside of Ryzen since then, but um, I don't know. I guess I'll go with him just because he's the first person that came to mind. I think that could be fun. Well, just <laughs> curious, in case that they can't bring people foreigners over, say if you got to do somebody right. who's Japanese, who, uh, who would you have given the current circumstances? Um, I mean, you could do Hiromasa, maybe. I don't know if that's is that too soon for somebody like him, but um, yeah. I mean, there's Okikubo. He's got to get back on track now. That's loser versus winner. I know that that's been a topic here today, but um. Well, again, yeah, he mean, wasn't. He didn't Yuki, look. Matoya. I mean, he didn't look dominant in winning. That's the thing. Takizawa. I think if you want to put him up against a loser, I think that's fair because. His, he did not stand out in terms of a win, I think, in my personal opinion. So, now, actually, the Yuki Matoya, that, that, that just sounds like a great match. Um, actually, here's the funny thing. So, I have Scoggins' record. He has not fought since uh, 2019, uh, Ryzen 18. I know his brother just had, his, uh, had a fight, though. Oh, maybe that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. 
Um, what, what's happening with Oka Sasaki? That I think that's probably the one actually. Scratch oh. everything I just said. Do Sasaki. Well, that's I heard was that he's still uh, he's still doing therapies for his jaw. Jesus, Kai did a number on him. Wow. <laughs> oh, listen. Remember when? Remember when Mark Hunt broke Stefan Struve's jaw in their match? Yeah. I think Struve yeah. was out for a long time. I remember Struve not. I don't remember seeing a Struve fight for quite a while. I don't even remember who he fought after Hunt, but I remember him being gone for quite a long time. Yeah. Listen, broken jaws are like are are major long time like up there with ACL. Or MCL injuries, where like you are out for a long time. Even with ACL injuries, there are people who come back, like within six months somehow. But yeah, broken jaws are like are a serious number. Uh, or yeah, actually broken remember face, uh, pretty much. Well, <laughs> uh, actually remember uh, when Dos Anjos broke his jaw? I think it was in, in the Clay Guida match. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, I, yeah he had to, yeah. he had to be out for a while as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is true. But actually, that's a great match yeah. to make. I would if like when Sasaki can officially. Uh, return the competition. I think that's a great match to make. Um, what about with Kentaro? Hmm, with Kentaro, I don't know. I don't know about that. I'd have to. I mean, already just laid out some of these options here, but I feel like you know him coming off officially a loss here. I don't know if that if that would be good against any of those guys. Um, I don't. Know. I don't have any names specifically in mind for for him. Well, what about... Uh, here's an interesting... I mean, maybe Shoji, I guess. <laughs> also. Oh, interesting. Okay. What about against Full Swing Yoi? Oh, okay. That could... I like that. I do like that. Both strikers. Uh, do it full swing, yeah. Uh, both lost their uh, respective matches. I think that's an interesting stylistic match. What do you think, Christian? Oh, I think that would be a I think that would be a pretty stylistic match, too. Mm-hmm. Give or take. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, should we go to the two kickboxing belts before I completely drain out? Uh, yeah, sure. Let's talk about the two uh, the two uh, prelim kickboxing matches, which got uh, switched uh, card uh, card order wise <laughs> on the day uh, uh, the week that that's that same week as well. Don't know why that happened, but yeah, let's talk about those, Christian. Suki Ibata defeated Arasta via unanimous decision. That fight was originally supposed to be seventh bout on the card. It got switched down to the second. And in the seventh fight on that card, Taichi Hirasuka knocked out Yuki Kitagawa via left hook TKL. 27 seconds into round number two. Now, I ask you this because, you know, with Ryzen kind of switching fights, because they don't want to coincide, you know, broadcasting while a baseball game is taking place. Oh. You know, do you think it was a bold, bold move for Ryzen? And as far as the winners go, Hirasuka and Musuki, what do you do with them now? Um, well, again, we were talking about that off air, and I was trying to figure out, like, uh, like why they would... Because here's the thing, Ibata, I assume, is the bigger name just because he's the brother of Rui Bata, so you have him later on the card. But then they switched him with the lesser-known kickboxer, so I just thought that was a, eh, I thought it was a little bit strange. It just... I don't know. I don't know what the reasoning behind that was. Um, I'm not so sure if baseball had anything to do with it or that TV show that was having its season finale at the same time that Ryzen was had anything to do with it. I'm not so sure. Um, I couldn't figure out why. Um... Uh, you got any thoughts on that, 
Drake, you know, as somebody who watches, you know, watches UFC cards, you know, they change up car, you know, card uh, order, you know, if a fighter cancels or if a fight entirely has to be canceled, they'll bump up a, car, a, a fight or bump down. You got any thoughts behind why they may have done this? I have, I have no idea. It might have just been, uh, yeah, <laughs> there could be, there could be some explanation that doesn't make any sense, but they decided to do it anyway. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Not too much investigating that I've thought about for, for why they did that. But, um, it, uh, it, 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 it sucks because we didn't get to see that fucking insane knockout or sooner than we did. <laughs> oh, my God. That was the, the uh, Hiratsuka. Knockout of the night. <laughs> oh, my. Like, did you see the replay? And I said that, that it looked, I, I said it jokingly, and I felt really bad after. I wrote that uh, Kitagawa was doing his breast impression on The Undertaker, you know, when The Undertaker rolled back his eyes and all that stuff. But literally, when they showed the replay, you saw his eyes go in the back of his head, and he was knocked out cold. Um, actually, also, I'm going to mention this, Kitagawa said after in the post-fight uh, press conference that he was going to retire from uh, kickboxing slash shootboxing. Um, let me get his full comments. Um, he said that... Uh, I give I give a hundred percent and lose and lose so nothing to say. I just became thirty and so I so I did all kinds of fights. Uh, I'm uh, I have I have enough head damage so I will retire. Um, let me see when he when did he have, he said he just turned thirty so uh, uh they don't have his birthday on uh on tapology but uh I mean it's kind of sad I mean if he's just thirty I don't know is I don't know what the length of kickboxers how long. I know it's probably a little bit more than than um, MMA fighters. I feel like I don't know. What do you think about uh, Kitagawa retiring, um, Drake? I know you're, we're not too familiar with him, but you got any thoughts on retiring after a loss like this? I mean, thirty years old. I'll trust him if he has taken a lot of damage. And I mean, that was a brutal <laughs> knockout to say the least. Um, yeah, I, it. You know, he he got. Hit by the punch, and then his head also hit the ground pretty hard. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, it was just a gnarly they one. Needed so, a, I mean, they needed one of those Muay Thai referees who always jumps in just <laughs> as the uh, fighter is about. You ever, you've seen those fights, right, in, in Muay yeah, Thai? Yeah, they save them in time. <laughs> Jump down there, kind of pillow it with their arm. Um, yeah, it's yeah, I'll, I'll trust him. I mean, obviously, he could be speaking heat at the moment right after the fight, a very bad loss. He, he could come back, who knows, but, um, I mean, if, if somebody feels that way, then they probably should retire, you know, it's kind of that thing where, if you're feeling it, and then, I mean, you just lost that way, yeah, it, maybe you should then, but, um, we'll see, it <laughs> definitely, it could have just been heat of the moment thing, you know. Um, what about Hiratsuka? Oh, this guy looked, I mean, it, I know the fight only lasted about three minutes, but he looked, uh, I mean, sorry, only 30 seconds almost, in it, uh, in the second round. They actually lasted two rounds. So, yeah, we got to see more of him. What I'm saying, he looked great, though. Uh, Kitagawa had nothing. What do you think about Hiratsuka? You bring him back for another Ryzen show kickboxing? I mean, after that knockout, absolutely, dude. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That, that's something they can spam on the highlight reel all day. That was, uh, yeah, I would love to see him back. For I hope sure. so, too. I mean, yeah. Um, Christian, yeah. what do you think? Bring Hiratsuka back? Christian? Oh, no, I hope we didn't lose you. Anyway, actually, so, uh, whenever he comes back, I'll let him answer. But, um, uh, Drake, uh, one of the things we also uh, would ask this question um, for kickboxers is, 
Listen, Ryzen's all at one point seemed to be like trying to find anybody to fight tension. You know, in that weight class, one to thirty pounds, one to twenty-five pound type weight class, and this was at one hundred thirty-two pounds, which is uh, it is uh, it is one of uh, uh, tension's weight classes, I believe. Um, I don't think one of his main weight classes, but uh, he has fought it in the one hundred thirty pound range before, um, if I remember correctly. Uh, so would you say that Hiratsuka, if they ha if they can't find anybody for New Year's Eve for tension? Is Hiratsuka tension at all? Would you consider that kickboxing match at all? Um, I mean, if we're gonna look at you know these two kickboxing fights that we had before, his, I think I'd be more interested in seeing uh, Hiratsuka yeah take on tension. But like I said last week, man, and we've been talking about we talked about storylines a little bit, you know, a couple fights ago. They're probably gonna go with Ibata for the story there, you know, the twin brother. Um, going to get some revenge against tension, make that the fight potentially. So uh, I think that's probably the route you go with, even though I think the performance obviously was better for Hiratsuka with such a killer knockout like that. But um, yeah, we will see. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Because, um, yeah, it seemed at one point that, that Ryzen was like really scraping bother of the battle for anybody that they could fight for tension. And uh, I feel like, yeah, I mean, like, I think that you're... Well, that's the route they might go. You know, initially, here's the thing, is that the only fight that I think that is at most competitive or will be competitive for Tension at this point is the uh, is Tension versus Takaru. Um, I think that's the only match that will be at all competitive uh, for him. Here's the thing, though, and I know that Sakaki Barr said this in the post-fight press conference, that, uh, that, that they want to do a 20,000-seat show for Saitama on New Year's Eve, if not, they will do two separate shows at like 5,000. And I don't know. The thing is that if you want to do, you want to have like a big New Year's Eve show with as big of an audience as you can. I think that if they, you can't do Takaru uh, attention for 5,000 people. That's my personal opinion. What do you think about that? It's got to be like a full, uh, like at least half capacity or full capacity. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, that's the fight that everybody seems to be, you know, calling for and um, everything would be a big one, so, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we get that, uh, you know, things loosened up where that can happen, but, um, I, I think they, if they can make it, you know, they'll make it no matter what at this point, because you just want to see it regardless, but, yeah, obviously, best case scenario would be, you know, when a ton of people can be in the audience. Now, with, uh, Ibada, Musuki Ibada versus Rasa, boy, what, Ibada just looked, he looked great. What do you think about how he looked in, the, in this in this match? He actually knocked him down twice in the first round, and I if that round had gone on a minute longer, if it wasn't right near the end, I think he would have gotten three knockdowns on Rasta in the first. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that combination at the end was fucking gorgeous, man. That was really nice. Um, yeah, and I, it's funny because I did think that Rasta was doing it was doing pretty all right, you know, early on, and they were trading some violent body and leg kicks yeah. to uh, start things off. Um, but yeah, just as the fight went on, Ibada just took over, and you know, yeah, he was he was very well on his way to you know scoring a third knockdown. Uh, Ten seconds though, hit hit that second one a little bit too late, and Rasta was able to survive. But um, yeah, wasn't enough. A, a good overall performance. Now here's Ibada, the no doubt. crazy thing is that Rasta is fighting again in about two weeks for Rise in Yokohama on October 11th. 
I don't. Well, I don't know. I'm assuming it's still listed here on Tapology. I mean, but after that beating and the two knockdowns, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you should take a fight two weeks right after that. We saw what happened with Kevin, Kelvin Gastelum and Michael Bisbing right after he had the, uh, was it, uh, I think, it, wasn't it shortly after he took that fight after GSP? Uh, yep. Yeah. Yep. Listen, I don't, I don't know. I, I wouldn't, if I was his manager, I would be telling him, you know what, take, set this fight out, we'll fight and rise another time. And, uh, that's just my personal opinion, but. Listen, you think that they're going to do Ibada versus uh, Tension. Uh, and yeah, that does make sense storyline-wise. Um, but I guess the bigger question is, do you think, did you see anything that Ibada has that Tension just, just, do you think that Ibada has any chance against Tension, essentially? No. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. He's That guy is just such on another planet in terms of his skill set. It's insane. And, you know, we'll get more into it when we get to his fight, but like, it's gonna take something else, man. <laughs> I know I don't care who you are. One thing I know I said this in the preview shows that like basically tension is and it's like it's also with like the atom weight divisions in Japan as well, that it's so segmented, uh in the atom weight case, uh female atom weight, where it's just basically the three people are Kanazakura, Ayaka Hamazaki, and Siohi Ham, and everybody else is just below them. And it's gonna just be those three at the top for the foreseeable future, when it comes to kickboxing, at least in Japan, tension is so above everybody else that there's really no... Comp that's the thing. There's no competitive fight until that Takaru match happens, uh, until we see that fight happens. I thought Ibada looked great, but listen, I see the same thing happening to what his to what his brother did, uh, or what happened to him. Uh, it's just... I don't know... What, yeah, that's the thing. Ibada will look great probably against 90 percent of the competition and then the other 10 percent is tension and possibly taku that's it that's yeah. that's really it there's really nothing else to say i don't mean <laughs> tension just so damn good you said he said it best he's on another planet yeah. uh but what about what what about rasa though would you bring him back for another ryzen uh kickboxing show uh kickboxing match i should say yeah, I'd be I'd be down for that. You know, like I said, I thought he was he started off pretty all right, but you know he got he got out outbeat, outskilled by the better guy, but you know hung in there all the way till the end, which is something to note. Um, I mean, I don't know if it would make too much sense, but I guess you could do. Assuming that Ibada goes on to fight tension, you could do. Um, um, uh, what's his name? I'm blanking on it. The other guy who won, <laughs> Hiratsuka versus uh, versus Rasta. I mean. Could. I don't know. Mm. I, don't I thought you were going to say uh, Rui Bata versus Rasta. Oh, okay. I mean, you could do that too. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that works for sure. <laughs> um, I'm just curious to know, what do you think about the rise of kickboxing rules with no elbows, except for that one kickboxing match they had on 20, uh, I think it was 23. Um, no, I'm sorry, 22. Do you, are you a fan of the no elbows rules for kickboxing? Uh, I love elbows all the time. Give me more. <laughs> so, um, I get it, though, I guess. I mean, I don't know. Elbows are just fun, so I think they should be allowed all the time, but I, I don't know. Here's what it is. Uh, what about, And also, I, was it, I can't remember if it was this match or the uh, one of the two other kickboxing matches where someone had the other opponent in a clinch and did, like, knee strikes, and the referee stopped, stopped it immediately or, like, stopped, like, broke them up immediately. Do you remember that? 
Oh, in in a kickboxing match? No, I didn't. I, I thought it was in one of these matches that happened. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Uh, it was like about five or six a.m. wherever time it was. So it is kind of a fever dream. Uh, the uh, the show. Maybe maybe that was in the maybe that was in the tension fight. Oh, that may have been actually no. I think about it. I think it was. Um, Christian, are you there? Okay, so since Christian's not here, I will take over, and we're going to talk about the lone women's match, uh, strawweight match, in which saw Reina Kubota defeat Emi Tomimatsu by unanimous decision. Uh, and Kubota goes 11-3, Tomimatsu still under 500, 15-17. Um, I know you said, Drake, that this was the match you were looking forward to the most. Did this fight at all deliver, or did it not? Um, well, I was looking forward mostly to the Yankee fight, but this one was obviously a close second. You know, oh, I apologize for that. My apologies yeah. for that. I mean, it was really, you know, looking forward to seeing Emi Tomamatsu get this, you know, great opportunity. Someone who's been around for a long time, you know, pioneer uh, of the Japanese side of uh, the MMA world, really. Um, in terms of, did the fight deliver? Not really, not really, to be honest. I mean, it was it was more competitive than we thought. So in that regard, it was um, you know delivered. But um, yeah, first round was pretty slow. You know, Rana kind of you know taking her time with things um, throughout the whole fight. She was you know superior in the striking as we expected. She just didn't really um, let loose too much, and things got a little bit you know scary. There was a scare in the second round where Emmy got her down. Was uh, getting she got on her back and we're like oh shit we've seen Rana here before is she gonna choke literally again <laughs> that was that was getting interesting there but she was able to escape um, land some big stomps to the body and then you know at the end of the fight she landed more stomps um, yeah not her best performance obviously but I mean we've also we talked about it last week too um, we knew that Emi Tomatsu was incredibly tough and um, you know nobody's ever finished her by strikes before and we thought that you know Rana was definitely the person made out to do it but even at 38 she, she's able to hang in there still against some you know top top skilled athletes um whether it's at straw weight or atom weight but, oh yeah that's uh, the yeah, other thing these two are normally atom weights and this was at straw weight for some reason yeah yeah Rana's uh her, her her highest weight that she's competed at and um you know not a full camp necessarily and a lot of factors there i mean it is what it is for how she performed, but she still got the win rightfully. So yeah. Uh, uh, oh, I'm so surprised I mean, there was no split decision in this one. I, I'm, yeah. I'm like, you know, they should have just continued the trend for the entire. You know, anything that goes to a decision, just give it a split decision somehow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, okay. So hold yeah. on. The big, the yeah. big, the big thing about this fight, you know, we you just mentioned it there with the split decisions. When it comes to the officiating controversies of the night, I think that. One of, okay, obviously, the, the Kume split decision, him, you know, that being a split decision, absolutely ridiculous. But I think that's probably the worst one of the splits because Kiteoka did not win that whatsoever. But in this fight, in Reina versus Emmy, in that third round, uh, Reina, she sprawled and defended a takedown, and half of her body went out of the ring, right? Do you remember? Oh, yes, I remember, I remember that. Yeah, her, her legs were, um, I remember that. Yes, yes, yes. Legs went out of the ring, and she and Emmy was still on her, you know, kind of trying. And she gets her into this position where Rena's legs are stuck in between the ropes, so she can't really move them in any direction except for backward, which is going to bring her face down to the mat. And this allowed Emmy to knee her 
to the stomach and face, and she actually has that nice black eye now that we've seen today, which is from getting kneed in the eye. Yeah. And she was protesting to the referee like, hey, I'm kind of stuck in the fucking ropes here, man. Why can't you adjust me? And he didn't do anything about it. And, like, you've seen, we've seen so many situations. We saw it during this whole event, you know, in other fights where, you know, they usually move you out of those positions because that's not her fault that, you know, she's stuck there and can't defend. That's literally she's being taken advantage of by just defending. So that was some serious bullshit. I think that the referee did not do anything there. It didn't stop the action and move her out of there because that's just, you know, well, where they wound up. Usually being. they try, there's usually officials on the outside who try to push them or push them back into the ring, like physically. Yeah. So I'm surprised that didn't happen. Um, I'm trying to recall. Do you remember who the referee was by any chance? Was it Wada? Uh, the I call him the guy, uh, the action referee. He's the one who screams action if nothing's going on. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I'm assuming it wasn't him, but, okay. um, no, I have no idea who the referee was. I remember this. this yeah, okay, I'm remembering this now. It's like, yeah, um, and actually, you know, it's so funny. You bring up the black guy. That might may have been the pinnacle of Emi Tomimatsu striking in her entire MMA career was giving a, a beautiful Nita face to Reina. And imagine yeah. the, imagine the twi- all of 2020 ironies of Emi Tomimasu defeated Reina by, like, knockout. By knee or something. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Because she just said she had nothing on the, in the, on the feet, obviously. We knew that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. That, that just drove me a little bit crazy. It's like, how are they not... In that that <laughs> she fixed this position. That's really unfair for her. <laughs> Um, it's, uh... No, wait a minute. You're talking about the, the Emmy Tommy Masu fight next? Yes. Yeah. Yep. We're just talking about the bullshit, uh, that happened with, uh, Reyna being outside, uh, her feet being outside, and the referees not, like, restarting, or just leave... Yeah, basically, get kind of almost, uh, I guess it gave Tommy Masu just, like, an advantage, to, um, uh, fight-wise, because Reyna was... Really couldn't move. She couldn't do that much. I mean, she was stuck in place, basically. Um... But, uh... Well, to be quite honest, just like when it comes down to Tenshin Asakawa, I really don't know what the hell to do next with Randy Kovalta. Mm. Oh, and as far as the... I mean, let's see. As far as weight goes, who else fight? I mean, who else fought before Reyna? Oh, we just, no, we just, we, just, we just went out to Reyna. We just, Christian, we, just went, we were just talking about oh, Reyna. Oh, okay, okay. Because we're going to have to talk about the Asakura and the Nasakawa fights afterwards. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, as far as the Reina fight goes, again, it's just like when it comes down to the other fighters who are destined for international talent. You know, I don't know who to face next. That's true. I mean, also, here's, so, here's the other thing as well. Reina apparently said that she was going to retire after two or three more fights. Um, she has a, said this in the post fight yeah, press conference. Too. I mean, because if you think about it, when it comes down to Raina, I mean, who did you get for her in those last two or last three fights? Well, here's the thing. I don't, I don't take her word. I don't take her word at retiring. How about, you know what? How about getting Hana Rina Chan? I'm sorry, who's that? Rising wants her 
as a contracted fighter. I, Christian, I don't know who who you told, uh, Drake, do you know this fighter? You're talking about Rena Panchan? Yeah, Rena Panchan. Oh, Rena, Rena Panchan. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. Akimoto. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's obviously an interesting one there. Um, and I actually would like to get her uh, on episode three. I'll, I'll drop that nugget for you guys. Mm-hmm. We'll see if we can make that happen. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Okay, so it's funny because I was really surprised. I was kind of surprised to hear that Rena said that about, like, okay, you know, close to retiring. But then, you know, I thought about it more like, okay, you know, she's been fighting for a really long time, you know, a 13-year career if you look at shoeboxing also, all that stuff. And then, like, thinking about my conversation that I had with her, um, before this fight, and I was like, I can kind of see it, you know, as, as I was just talking to her and asking her, like, what she would do if she wasn't fighting and everything, and how she's still, you know, she wants to start a family and, you know, take care of dog stuff, because <laughs> she has a lot her, of dogs. Her ten course. dogs? Um, I see her, I see her always post pictures of her dogs. I, I'm always counting how many, how many French bulldogs she has. She's got about, <laughs> like, at least three. That's the most I've counted. She said that she has four of her own. <laughs> it was... It was hilariously distracting um, seeing them run around in the background when we were talking. It was very distracting, but funny. Um, so here's the thing: if she, if we're doing three three fights left for Reina, I'm gonna map out the entire rest of the way for you guys right now. Okay, this is how it's gonna go. I'm confident in saying this. I'm confident in this. Okay, so she, I think that the next fight, there's been enough time between the next fight. We'll see the Kana Asakura trilogy fight. Even though she's lost twice, second fight was closer, went the distance that time. Both superstars, that's a big trilogy fight. They're both on winning streaks. What, three fight winning streaks now, if I'm remembering correctly. So that fight happens. Let's say let's say Kana wins again. Doesn't matter. Rana's you know, down to the end of the line here. She's going to fight Sohi Ham no matter what happens, winning or losing. That's a fight that they're going to just make because, okay, Rana's leaving. I'll give, give her whatever she wants. Um, and if she if she beats Kana, then of course give her a title shot, assuming so he is still the champion by then. That makes total sense. Why not? Then the last fight, retirement fight. It's the retirement fight. She'll face Ayaka Hamasaki, even though they're best friends. All that. That's the only way that we'll get to see that is whether it's for a title on the line in a tournament or a retirement fight, a very special occasion. And that's kind of funny to imagine, though. They should make it both of their retirement fights, actually, because you would think that Ayako would retire before Rena. But um, it's if that there's that special occasion there, that's the only time that we would see it, and that would be a very fun one as well. So, yeah, yeah actually, let's make that a double retirement fight, even though Ayaka is not slowing down whatsoever. So, um, yeah, that's how I'm that's how I'm seeing it, you guys. <laughs> well, here's the thing: she has said this. She's made the retirement speech before when she lost to uh, Kana the first time. She said she was going to retire when she's when she yeah, lost. Yeah, she basically took a sabbatical after that fight. Dude. Yeah, but she also said the same thing after. She also took the same sabbatical after the second Kana retire uh, uh, loss. Then she had the same sabbatical after she uh, lost to Lindsay Van Sant and Bellator. So I'm not so sure if I buy the retirement speech. Yeah, that is true. Could just be a break type thing, but. This is a she's saying this after a win this time though, which I think that's a little bit different because those were losses. But also, this wasn't an impressive win though. This wasn't like this sure. wasn't the typical Reina Domitz. So maybe she's considering it a, lo- a loss in some way, um, yeah. perhaps. Um, I mean, I think I think that's a good trajectory, which is uh, the types of fights that you make for you know 
if she does retire. That's if. Um, and I, listen, you know, the Khan Azakura, the second match was much more competitive than the first, so I got no problem running that again. Um, I think the Ham match would make sense. Um, the problem is, is that I think that Ayaka is so deserving of a rematch that I feel like, I don't know, I would, having Ham and Reina fight after Reina, well, the other thing is that Ham's in Korea, so we don't know when we're going to see her back, unfortunately. So, if Reina does retire, uh, I, well, hopefully, you know, by the time, you know, hopefully, you know, two, if she does retire two of these fights after, hopefully this whole thing will blow over and we can get Han back from, uh, to defend the title. I mean, I would have to say you have to at least put, up or, put her up against somebody, like, one more, like, ma- match in that division uh, to, to maybe justify uh, a Han match. Or, you know, if you want to do a stupid non-title match, I guess that's the excuse you can get away with. And then if if Reina does beat Hom, then you can have the same match down yeah. the line for the title. If we're gonna if we're gonna do justified non-title matches, I guess you could kind of make go that way. Um, uh, and you know what? Speaking of non-title matches, I know that this is supposed to be done by weight class and all, but, but before Christian, before yeah. you move on, I just want to quickly ask as well: Tommy Matsu, uh, Drake, what would you do with her next? You know what? Can I answer that? Yeah, go ahead. Go I ahead. think it would be best for I think it would be best for Emmy Tommy Masu to be left behind in deep jewels. Even though she did put up a hell of an effort against Brandon Kubota, she needs to stick to competition. She knows she can defeat. What do you think about that, Drake? Do you do you think she, you know, stay in deep deep jewels or do you think Ryzen gives her another chance? Or should give her another chance? I think that she's good to have around in Ryzen just in terms of, you know, making some fresh matchups, um, assuming that she does want to stick around um, and whatnot. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I understand that. Um, it's funny. I wonder where she's at thinking about retirement, too, because, you know, she is 38 now or whatever it is getting up there and had, you know, a very full career at this point. But, um yeah, I think uh, I, I wouldn't be against seeing her in there still. I wouldn't give her another top girl or anything like that. But, um, you know, good to have some freshness in the division, I think, is always good. Well, now, I wish she's not a Japanese citizen, unfortunately. Um, she's a Canadian citizen. I think if you wanted to make a match, what about Tomimatsu versus Miyu once they uh, can open up that, the borders? That did come to mind, but I said, I said no top girls. So I think that, you know, Miyu would probably be able to. I mean, it would be fun on the ground, but, uh, you know, Mia's really coming into her own as a top five, you know, fighter, I think. So, I mean, you could do it, but I, I don't think that makes too much sense. I think there's some more options out there anyway. I would like to see. Uh, I think you can do that fight, but he's mind the fact that they are, what, Emi Tomimasu, 38, Mia's 46? Something like that, yeah. Um, but I, you know, I don't know if you can. I consider the fact they're both, you know, I'm not gonna say old. I'm gonna say experienced women. Um, (laughs) if you say old around the wrong type of woman, they will come back and kick your ass. That's what I'm basically saying. mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. I'm saying I don't know if you can do this particular fight, considering the fact that even though me was 46. She still has less fights compared to Emmy Tomi Master. That's true. That's true. 
what about uh, Tomimatsu versus uh, Hamazaki or uh, actually no not Hamazaki what about Azakura Kan Azakura I think those are those are both, both a little bit no. brutal yeah I know I agree I agree see like we said before Well, that's the thing. Unfortunately, Adam Wade is basically just dominated by three people. By, and I mentioned their names before. And unfortunately, everybody else is just not as good in comparison. Um, I think that you got to have Miyu in that mix, too, because she dominated Kana. People forget that she dominated her um, pretty well. That's true, That was yeah. Kana's last loss, actually. That's true, that's true. So. Um, but uh, I, uh, I, I would just also... Like to think that I mean, like for Reina, I mean, would you? Hmm, I mean, I mean, do you? I mean, let's assume that any besides, if you can't do uh, uh, the Hamazaki uh, retirement match, was there anybody who you think would be like a, a an ideal retirement match for her? If if some reason the Hamazaki one doesn't work out, Drake. Uh, then I would flip it to I would flip it to the Kana. Kana probably to make that the retirement fight just because we have that that history and it's been you know such fun fun occasions for both of those fights I think that would be a great story that you know the redemption of her trying to finally be really you know her biggest rival who's you know got two wins over her. I think that would be um, probably ideal right there and as, as if you're going to replace Hamasaki with somebody uh, that I mean <laughs> obviously the the Reina Panchan um, fight would be really that would be cool but I think that's a little bit if you're assuming that that would be Rena's, um, you know, MMA debut, which I don't know if that would be the best circumstances there. You'd have to make it like a kickboxing match or something um, between them, which would be, that would be a lot better. That'd be cool. So, yeah, maybe do that instead. But I think if you're going to swap retirement bouts, then you, you bump that Kana one to there. I think that would make it, that'd be a really cool story. and They'd make that a really big deal. I was hoping you would say uh, uh -huh. the Gumi Fuji. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, yeah, okay. I was just joking about that. Christian, let's move on to the co-main event of the show. You know what? Let's talk about both the co-main event and the main event at the same time. Okay, well, good. Of course, Kai Asakura knocked out Shoji Maoyama in 2 minutes and 37 seconds via straight right hand and soccer kicks ball. <laughs> Asakura approves to 16-2 and two, despite the fact this was a non-title fight. Shoji, who was bored and looked like he didn't want to be there, despite the fact that for some odd reason, he thinks that coming out to noble to some of Noble Aki Kakuna's music is actually good taste. I mean, I did some searching, I seen the music video for it. It was actually weird seeing Noble Aki Kakuna singing and dancing, looking like he's about to fight somebody. <laughs> but still, Asakura knocked out Shoji. And in the main event, Tenjin Asakawa defeated Koji Tanaka, or KOUZI, via unanimous decision and probably one of the better fights of Tenjin Asakawa's career after three three-minute rounds. Now, although this may seem like a two-part question, it leads to the same thing being asked. What the hell is either one of these two men doing for New Year's Eve? No, wait, actually, no. Kai Asakura 
versus Kiyoshi Horiguchi 2. And Tension versus anybody not named Taiga or Takaru. Do you see either of these fights happening for New Year's Eve? Or do you see either of these fights happening within the next year in Ryzen? Oh, and also Izumaru Yama and Tanaka Ryzen worthy. Uh, I'll, I'll defer to you, uh, Drake, first. Yeah, I mean, it would be so disappointing if Kai versus Kyoji to the rematch does not happen in New Year's. We already know that Kai is going to be fighting against somebody. That is confirmed. That is the plan. Kai will fight on New Year's Eve, defend his title, just a matter of who against. It has to be Kyoji Horiguchi. There's Mike Brown, just go stay over there. You know, get the line the time up, right? Make sure the camp's there. He can't miss that opportunity. He's all healthy now. That's the only holdup uh, for Horiguchi. He's ready to go. It's just a matter of getting his team over there. So that is that is absolutely 100% the fight to make. Um, massive stage for it to go down. Has to happen there. As for tension, you know, we pretty much talked about it a little bit uh, around the other kickboxing fights. Probably going to be the other Ibotta brother. I think that's what will happen. Um, and, you know, obviously, ideally, it would be that Tekaru um, fight. But I think... You know, who knows when that'll actually happen. I don't think that's something you can predict at this point. So, Tension versus Ibata, not the other Ibata, the twin brother Ibata. And then, uh, of course, that big Bantamweight rematch. Tension versus Mitsuki, right? Yes, yes. Um, I see, I see. And what about the... I mean, obviously, yeah. We get that we want to see Kyoji versus Kai. Two, of course, we get that we want to see tension versus. I mean, if not Takaru, if not Taiga, maybe Ibata, Mutsuki Ibata. But do you think that the fans around the world would probably be interested in seeing these two fights? I mean, obviously they would be interested in seeing Kyoji versus Kai, but do you think that they would be interested in seeing another tension Nakazawa fight? I mean, yeah, it's tension, man. He's he's always one hell of a performer. I don't think I think he's kind of reached that point where it's uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I mean, he's he's kind of a special attraction kind of guy because you you're guaranteed to get something crazy no matter what, whether it's him styling on a fool or if he's or an insane upset. You know, it's one of those two outcomes every single time. So, um. Yeah, I think the, the appeal is always going to be there for him until, I mean, until it gets boring <laughs> after years and years well, of it going well, down. But. I'm basically saying the global. I'm basically saying the global appeal of Tenshin Nasakawa because uh, also, also, a lot of people outside Japan, a lot of people outside Japan only remember him for getting his ass handed to him by Floyd Mayweather. But, but besides that, even listening, but you know, uh, uh, the the rise in TV ratings. Show that the highest uh, peak was during the Tenshin uh, Koji fight. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm sure you, we definitely give uh, credit to Koji for that, even though it was not available in the Kansai region, supposedly where uh, Koji is from. But listen, you guys also give Tenshin credit. He is a he is a name draw for that promotion. In any, I'm pretty well, I'm pretty sure that this you know being Koji status, you know, was obviously a much more appealing type of fight. Uh, then you know him fighting you know a Fritz Biagton or somebody like that. Um, so yeah, no, there is a there is value to tension whenever he's on a Ryzen show. There's a reason why he's always on the Fuji TV portion and always in the main event. There he is a uh, 
He is a commodity. He is a a a drawing commodity. Um, how long does it last for? I don't know. That's that's the question. That's when does people when do people get tired of him seeing get tired of seeing him work people, um, if ever. Um, what do you think about? The, do you have any thoughts on that, Drake? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> thirty-eight. No, now. I mean, getting close to forty um, on his record. I I don't know. I I think that man, it, it's kind of. I think that he might stop. I don't know about stop fighting, but make the move to boxing before anybody gets tired. I mean, that would really uh, be an interesting thing to see a change up in terms of getting more interest on him. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, that's a hard thing to predict because it seems like obviously it's still doing good in terms of drawing eyeballs and everything. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's an interesting thought though. Now here's the thing as well as a possible, another matchup. So, uh, you know, we have the Kyoji tension match, which was actually, you know, in terms of like crossover matches was probably like the best in the last few years. Uh, in ter- oh, yeah. uh, not only in terms of just competitiveness. Because of the fact that, you know, is it because of the fact that Koji bought over that appeal from K1? No, 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 Kyoji Horiguchi, I mean. Kyoji Horiguchi, not Kyoji, not Koji. Right, right, right. Yeah, basically, our version, I mean, the modern version of Masato versus Yamamoto. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I'm curious to know, uh, with Kai being bantamweight champion now and be on the long streak that, you know, I'm assuming that he'll probably go on for a while. Do you do another crossover match with Kai and Tension in kickboxing? Is that at all a feasible match to make? Mm, I mean, that would be definitely interesting, but I don't know. I feel like it's, I don't know if Kai would really be interested in that. He seems pretty focused on MMA, obviously. I don't know if he's ever talked about that possibility. Um, and it just seemed a little bit too soon for him. Like, if you can compare it to Noriguchi, he was, he was really extending that winning streak by the time that he got the tension. It looked like there was really going to be, like, no competition for him yeah. um, when when he did fight tension. So I don't think you, you kind of risk, you know, screwing over a star's or, you know, kind of set it. It doesn't really set him back too much, but seeing one of them lose, um, you know, obviously Kai, who is still getting himself established, even though he is definitely a superstar at this point. Um, yeah, it just doesn't seem quite necessary yet, even though Tension is needing people to fight, and that's obviously a very intriguing one because of that crossover effect and, you know, how good both guys continue to look. But I, I don't think we're quite there yet. Maybe if he goes on a tear for another year and a half then we can talk <laughs> here now well, speaking of the Kai match so um I watched the sec I watched it the second time and I'm starting to think I think this fight may have been stopped way too soon what do you think Drake did you think this was a, a you're, talking about the, you're talking about the Kai Asakura versus Koji Maruyama fight ended soon I think I think the referee stepped in there way too early what do you do you do you uh, Man, come on. I mean, did you... Well, here's the thing. When the damn versus O'Hara fight happened, did you think that the referee could have stepped in? Well, no. Well, here's the thing. Yachi was was defending, barely, but it was still defending. So here's the thing. In this match, so, you know, he knocked down he knocked down Shoji, and then he got a sock kick. I thought it was actually a knee at first, and then I realized why I thought it was a knee. 
because the soccer kick didn't even come close to his head. It hit him in the shoulder or chest area. And then he looked like he was going to go for another one, but the referee stepped in immediately. You saw, and Shoji was not, he wasn't rocked or anything. He'd been knocked down, but he wasn't rocked. He seemed to have full composure. Uh, he was, sta- he did, he seemed that he was capable of defending himself. I think it was this was an, uh, an early stoppage. I think the referee, the, it was like the referee stepped in there thinking that there was going to be more damage than what was happening. It reminded me, it reminds me of when Herb Dean referees women's matches, where he gets in there so fast before any, like, anything actually happens, any, like, any major damage happens. And actually, um, I have a friend who had, uh, who had one of his uh, first fights, MMA matches, in uh, Ring of Combat a few years ago. And what happened was that he got knocked down with a jab, and then he, he, as he's falling, he puts his hands out to brace for his fall, and so that he falls on his, on his butt, and the referee stepped in and ruled it as a, as a knockout. And it reminded me of that, where there was, it was just a knockdown, and there was, I don't know, Drake, did you think this was a, a good stoppage? That's well, funny. I rewatched it right now. Just the ending sequence, not the whole fight, but I just rewatched it. And yeah, Shoji was actually protesting. I didn't notice that uh, watching it live, but yeah, he was like, "Whoa, why you stop it here?" And I mean, he, I mean, he got saved from more damage. I think he was in a really bad position there at the end. But in terms of you know, should it have been stopped because he was out? Uh, I mean, he obviously wasn't out. He was, you know, stood up right away there. But uh I don't know. I mean, yeah, I would have let it go on for a little bit longer. And actually, he's wobbling a little bit when he's standing up as I rewatch it again right here. So <laughs> I see him wobbling. I guess it's fine. It's, it's fine there. I think that, you know, upon initial watching, too, I thought that Kai's last win, the Agi Kubo uh, knockout with the soccer kick, that was kind of stopped pretty quick, too. Just gave him one really? and kind of flew, flew across the, the ring a little bit. Um, because what, what happened with that fight, yeah, he got the soccer kick on Ogi Kubo, and Ogi Kubo was crawling away with his back turned mm, to Yachi. Yeah. So, I mean, not Yachi, to Azakura. So I thought, okay, that to me is a stoppage because the fighter is running away. He, he's, that, that to me is, is, showing, is showing a lack of... If you're running away, you know, if you're doing the Caleb Starnes uh, uh, match where, <laughs> uh, where he's running away, listen, that to me is use... If you're back, if you're turning your back uh, after you're getting after getting struck, that to me is when the referee steps in. Because when you turn your back, you're basically you're that is that's a, almost a soft way of saying I give up. Because if you're turning your back, you are opening yourself up to anything. That's not uh, intelligently defending yourself. I don't know. I feel like Soji. I think that I just feel like this was. If it was a soccer kick to the head, I would agree that you could that the stop would be fine. But it wouldn't even hit his head. I feel like it could have gone on, and then yeah, if it, if a soccer, second soccer kick hits him in the head, then yeah, stop it. He was a little wobbly. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, he's a little wobbly. But as far as I can see, he still has. They always say, you know, Jason Herzog and referees always say, oh, they look at the opponent's eyes. He still looks. I can't look at his eyes from a 720p video. I'm assuming that's what the quality is. But, um, yeah, it looks like he still at least is cognizant and uh, obviously conscious. That's just my personal opinion. I think it was – I th- listen, Kai would have won regardless, I think, but I think it was stopped way too early in my personal opinion. 
Um, but I mean, what do you do? You bring Shoji back uh, for a future Rising show, Drake? Um, I mean, she could, but it's like, I, I, I don't know. We this was how the fight was supposed to go, right? We all this was just uh, this was I, I hate calling things kind of like I don't know. Um, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, gimme fights or things like that. Because, uh, of course, anybody basically, can win at any time. Basically, you hate fights that can be won easily or basically seen as, you know, gimme fights. Right, Drake? Yeah, yeah. Layup, you know, they hate to call it spade a spade or whatever you want to say there. But, you know, this was this was what was supposed to happen. You know, Kai was supposed to walk through him, and he did. So, it's like... They didn't. They didn't bring Shoji. Okay, here's how the best way to put it. They didn't bring Shoji in because they wanted Shoji to add to their roster. They wanted somebody to fight Kai that you know Kai could beat. Yeah. Um, on this event, you know, maybe get some more star power by having Kai on it in the first place. I mean, that's why it was a non-title fight because they didn't really care to sell it as a big thing. It was just, hey, we got Kai Asakura here. So, you know, they didn't bring Shoji in because they wanted Shoji necessarily. To add to the the roster and you know five guys in Kai's web, they threw him against a guy that he clearly was not ready for or gonna beat. So I mean, it is what it is. So yeah, I, I, no, you're absolutely yeah. right. Listen, <laughs> you, listen, he's he's a he's a he's a placement guy. Listen, if there's if they run out of people, you can always give Shoji a call. Is he, is he gonna be the first guy that they call whenever they need to book a bantamweight match? No, of course not. But no, like you said, no, this was a. Uh, in pro wrestling terms, a squash match. They wanted Kai to win very dominantly and just have, have Kai on the card. Basically, uh, they, w- they want to make Kai Asakura look really, really strong. Exactly, yeah, exactly. And I, well, I, I, I'm not going to go into it because uh, I went to the previous show. I don't like these types of fights. Uh, and you, we can, you can go back and listen to that, why I don't like them. But, you know, this, this fight, the fight served its purpose. It, Kai got his win. And he looked good, and he plugged his YouTube channel after the uh, in the post fight speech that he gave, of course. Um, but uh, okay, so in the, if you can't do Kai versus Kyoji uh, for whatever reason for New Year's Eve, who would you then put for Kai to face him against the cha- uh, for the championship, Drake? Mm. I have a name in mind, but I want to see. Uh... I want to see who you say. I was about to say Kenta Takizawa, but I realized that dude's a pancreas fighter. That dude really can't go because obviously if you've seen pancreas this past weekend, you would know that somebody's already gunning for Kenta Takizawa. Well, here yeah, the other other things about Kenta Takizawa didn't look so his, the way he didn't he didn't win in a way that maybe went okay that guy deserved a title shot. No, I don't. You, I wouldn't do that at all. Uh, in my personal opinion, uh, Drake, you got. I want to hear who you think should be Kyoji's replacement if he can't uh, take on Kai. I feel like it's it's probably got to be somebody, you know, a, a big name, somebody who's coming up and all that. There's okay, maybe there's two guys who are kind of at at that point now. Um, you know, Yuki Matoya, I don't know if that, that's one, just because he's on two-fight winning streak now, and, you know, a notable guy, of course, but he lost to this other guy who you could maybe make an argument for, and that other guy, well, I guess <laughs> he might not be able to make it there, too, not sure exactly where he lives, but Victor Henry, 
right? He's mm. won a, a, a dude, lot in a row. Now, the dude's down in Los Angeles County, California, so okay. hell no. He's not going to be able to make it out, <laughs> at least for the time being. Yeah. I mean, I hate to, I mean, I hate to shit all over this parade, but I mean, the dude has been requesting a title shot for so long. It's just that, with international restrictions still being high up, you know, unless he decides to make it to uh, unless he decides to make it out from LA to Tokyo at the end of the year, and then quarantine himself for two weeks, mm-hmm. I don't think Henry gonna get that title shot. So sorry. Well, who do you have, Andrew? I'm surprised you... I would, have, I would much rather say that than have Josh Barnett all over my ass for saying it. Too I'm bad. so surprised, uh, Drake. I thought you interviewed him. Naoki Inouye. Oh, okay, okay. Now, yeah, that's... You know, uh, I, I, a little too soon, but... Well, here's the thing. Given what's going... I'm, I'm thinking in the current... What's going yeah. on now. If obviously none of the shit was going on, yeah, I would say Victor Henry... Or, or, or something like that, but Naoki Inouye is is training Japan at Sonic Squad. Last I heard, he's won his last two fights. He look what he did the shoot of Watanabe at Ryzen Twenty Two. So he's a uh, he's uh, he's yeah he beat uh, Gurdam in his first fight. Uh, and also here's the other thing as well. You have the whole story with Azakura beating Sasaki and breaking his jaw, and uh, Inouye and Sasaki. Our train partners, at least they were back at uh, at Cerro Longo, so you got that as well. Yeah, that's true. Also, that I mean, are you also going to say that Oka Sasaki deserves a potential title shot? Uh, no, 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 not at all. We no. already saw what happened when they fought. <laughs> because of course, I mean, the dude is just coming off of a fractured jaw and. It, you know anything about mouth injuries, jaw injuries especially, that fucks up your voice. Oh, exactly, yeah. So, no, no, uh, no. But I think, I mean, if that's the only fight, if you can't do Kyoji, I think that's the that's the only reasonable title match you can make in terms of someone who I think is deserving of it at this point relative to what's, to what's going on in the world considering all that stuff. And, and he's also in Japan, so you got no, you don't have to worry about uh yeah uh he has his he has Transasonic Squad. So if you know if in the case of Kyoji, if he doesn't want to fight because he can't bring Mike Brown or anybody from ATT, then you know Kyoji's not gonna fight. Uh so unless he goes back to Crazy B, I don't know. Well, here's the thing: if I'm Kyoji and I see how Crazy B's doing, I'm like, mm, maybe I'll go someplace else. Maybe I'll go. To Brave Jim or something, you know, uh, they got two wins on on this card. They're they're doing pretty good, Brave Jim. So yeah, so it, I would maybe go 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 uh, to Miata for uh, a training camp potentially. Not crazy B, not crazy B. Um. Uh. Now my other question is, uh, I mean, you know, we already talked about tension. You know, you can't Takaru is really the only logical matchup to make if that'll ever happen. What about Koji, though? Uh, if you want to bring him back for a Ryzen show, I mean, he left. He supposedly bought out his own contract from K1 to fight in Ryzen. That's what he claims. So, I mean, so presuming he has another another one or two fights on a kickboxing contract with Ryzen, who would you have him face off against, uh, Drake? Hmm. Uh, well, 
Okay, so we've done all this matchmaking with these kickboxing guys already, um, and saying, you know, give Ibata, let's say, you know, Mitsuki Ibata the tension fight, um, and then, you know, make, make, uh, uh, who was it? Um, I'm blanking again here on the other guys, the losers of those fights, those, those, they could fight each other, and then that leaves, um, that leaves to have to where is it right here? I got my notes, I can't find it. <laughs> the other guy that won. <laughs> oh, uh, Hiratsuka. Hiratsuka. Yeah, yeah. Hiratsuka. Um you could have him fight uh Koji. I think that would be a good one right there. Um if you if you're gonna do like I mean I'm matchmaking this is kind of a little tournament out of this this event here, but yeah. I think that that could be a, a good one. Um and man, I mean just to talk about Koji dude, like sure he just he was too slow, pretty much. Tension speed is kind of was the big factor there, but goodness, he's got a fucking chin on him, man. Very tough for that guy. Just took some serious shots uh, consistently and really has never hurt too badly. But um, yeah, that's about where we'd go. Hiratsuka after that sweet knockout, get him against Tanaka, see if he can do the same thing. I'm down for that all day. I that's what, I know that Hiratsuka that that Hiratsuka fight. Was at 120 pounds around that around that weight class. I don't know if Koji's ever uh, right, gone right. down that little. I think 130 was the lowest he's ever gone, if I remember correctly. I know that kickboxing weights different than MMA weight classes. Um, it, you might have to have Hiratsuka go up instead of Koji going down. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about Koji versus? So, if, so let's say if you do Mitsuki versus Tension. Uh, Rui Ibata versus Koji. Yeah, yeah that could be a good one, too. Um, yeah, just make all the tension opponents, the past opponents fight each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the other thing, yeah, I, I think that was, I was, I think tension might, I'm trying to recall now anybody else, but I can't. In terms of combat sports, tension might legitimately be the fastest striker in current combat sports of, of any kind. It's here's a he's fast and accurate at the same time. Usually you don't see that you got people who are you got you got is someone like okay so we fall on the same like Izzy Adesanya. He he ha, he's a he faints here's the thing tension doesn't even have to faint a lot. He just somehow gets everything in and he catches it almost one hundred percent of the time. I don't know how he does it. Even Izzy has to sometimes faint. You know, I'm going to go to the left. Oh, no, I'm going to the right now. But Tension doesn't have to do that. I'm just... His speed is just amazing. Literally, I, I don't, I've never seen anybody punch any faster than him uh, in current combat sports. You, you got... Is there anybody else who comes to mind, Drake, that is on par with him? I mean, he is very fast, but for, I think that... You know, I don't know if this is a silly choice, but I don't know. I think that Rose Namajunas is very a very quick striker. I don't know if she's the fastest out there, but you know, I just remember that that second the rematch with Joanna, and man, that, that whole fight seemed like it was on fast forward from both of them. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, tension is just like like I said off the top, you know, on another planet when it comes to these guys. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know, Rose is the first person that came to mind, so... Because <laughs> cool. here's the thing, Rose is not, uh, you know, I know she knocked out, uh, she she finished uh, JJ in the first match, but Rose, 
is not really... Here's the thing. Kenshin has both power and speed and accuracy. He's got all three. Usually, most fighters seem to have one of the two or two out of the three. And, yeah. But he has them all, all three of them. And no, it's like, no matter what angle it is, he can always, he, he always just seems to connect. Whether he's doing like a wizard kick or anything, a knee, he just gets in. It's, it's really some of the best strike, best striking I've, I've seen, uh, currently, uh, in, uh, in all combat sports. Uh, yeah, I mean, tension versus Takuru. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. There's really, really, there's nothing else. There's, there's nothing else. It's the, it's, it's the one fight to make, and it's the one that it's, it, if kickboxing were to, were to cease as a sport, uh, you know, if, if, if you had to cease it, it's the one fight that you can maybe make in current times that could, it would, you could cease it in the end, um, and, and the sport, the final fight, I guess you could say. Um, but yeah. Uh, tension just looked dominant. Uh, and by the way, Koji also, I think he, uh, no, sorry, Koji, uh, got, uh, I think he got a cut on his eye, or he got a black eye, or something. I don't, I don't think his orbital bone broke or anything, um, but he did get a, a, a bad, a bad shiner, um, uh, from Tension at one point. Um, yeah. Any, I, I, anything else to say about this fight, Drake? Uh, no, I think we summed it up pretty good. <laughs> How about you, Christian? Any last thoughts? No, I don't have any. I don't have any more thoughts to say about this fight. But I have to ask, which fight did y'all think was the best off this card and disqualifying the Dylan James to Yoshi Tsudario? <laughs> which fight did you think could have done a hell of a lot more? Uh, uh, I'll, I'll, in addition to that, I'll also ask you, Drake, uh, what was your, uh, if you had any, uh, finishes of the night, knockout or submission? Finish of the night, I, I don't think there's any question that that was, uh, Hiratsuka knocking out Yuki, you know, that knockout was just spectacular, one hitter, quitter, you know, he was, <laughs> knocked him in the shadow realm, that's what I tweeted, <laughs> knocked him yes. in the shadow realm with that one, um, so I think that was the finish of the night for sure. Uh, best fight, I don't think there's any question either. It was the, the opener, Yachi versus O'Hara. That fight was awesome. Uh, very good one. And in terms of which fight could have done more, I think I kind of have two candidates here. Um, well, okay, I'll say, I'll say the, I'm choosing the worst fight, I think, in my opinion, was the Kume and Kiteoka one in terms of, you know, excitement, value, and entertainment, and all that. So that one could have been better, obviously. And then you just expected, you know, a little bit more uh, fire from Reyna. You know, in terms of her striking and being able to put it on Emmy, of course, she still landed some very good shots consistently when the fight was on the feet, you know, more so towards the end of the fight as she was really stomping away and doing all that stuff. But, um, you know, it just wasn't that vintage random performance that we were expecting. So kind of cheated with two picks there, but I, I think that those would be the ones I'd go with. Mm -hmm, okay. And Andrew, what about you? Uh, I think it goes... I, I don't think I saw one person not say that Yachi Ohio was a fight of the night. And I... It's honestly one of my fights of the year, and I'll have to go back and look at my uh, Ryzen uh, fights, uh, but uh, as of now, uh, I do have it currently as my Ryzen fight of the year, um, and probably like number three or number four uh, overall uh, in terms of the MMA matches. I hope it's not forgotten uh, by year end when uh, people, they're voting for fights of the year. Um, you know, when it comes to finish of the night... You, know, you can 
always remember it in January. No, that's true, yeah. That's true. <laughs> and uh, uh, in terms of finish of the night, yeah. Uh, Hiratsuka giving uh, Kitagawa a one-way ticket to the Shadow Realm is... Uh, uh, yeah, that's 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 the type of knockout that you expect to see from Tenshin or uh, Kentaro. And speaking of Kentaro, uh, that was probably the most disappointing fight for me uh, in terms of uh, just like what I was expecting from both of them. You know, like I said before, got uh, Derek Lewis, uh, Naganu vibes watching this fight up until like the, the the last round when they started turning on when they should have started turning on the first or second round. Um, and what about you, Christian? Well, I think that obviously, when it comes down to the best fight of the night, it's going to have to be a draw for me. Yuri, Yuri O'Hara versus Yusuke Yachi for one. And for two, Tenshin Asakawa versus Koji Tanaka. Yeah, I know I'm going for the first match and the last match, but they both provided equal amounts of excitement. Mm. Especially that first fight, O'Hara versus Yachi. It was just a knockout, drag-out, bloody brawl. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. something that you would expect from, like, a, a UFC type of show or something. Mm-hmm. But the fact that the referee even let them go on, even though Yashi was cut up, giving away more blood than the United... No, it actually giving away more blood than your local blood drive, but still... <laughs> O'Hara, even though he was caving Yachi in, Yachi still fought back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when it came down to the Nasakawa versus Kochi fight, you know, Nasakawa really did show his dominance, even though Kochi at times did not want to go down like a bitch, did not want to try and, you know, feel like the, I mean, did not want to try and feel like the victim, more like the victor. So mm. basically, those two fights are pretty cool, pretty amazing fights in my book. Now, as far as finish of the night is concerned, my finish of the night has to go to Takahiro Ashida submitting the underground emperor Kyohei Agiwara. I know, Andrew, we both interviewed them. You know, they were pretty confident in how this fight goes. I did not know it was going to be like this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, absolutely. You know, I absolutely agree with that. And I, you make a good point about the tension Koji fight. Listen, you know, I, I think everybody thought that tension was going to win, but we at least, at least Koji has, you know, is a competent enough kickboxer where you think, okay, maybe he does have a chance. And if you especially with the Takuru fight, uh, where he, he he put up an okay fight with Takuru, even though he got knocked down a few times. And that also, that went to decision as well. So that tells you a lot about Koji. He is a tough motherfucker. Uh in these matches. He does not go down very easily, uh, no matter who he's up against. So, I, that, it, it does, uh, I do understand your point about the, uh, about that fight. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, for- other, than that, other than that, my overall thoughts about the card, with the exception of Sudario versus James, it was, it was amazing. I mean, it was okay, even though, oh, yeah, the Finish ratio was just. I mean, they need to work on that. Well, again, I don't know if that's Rise's fault or that that's because they happen. I'll be interested to see if this ever happens again, where weird split decisions happens if Ryzen runs unopposed on a uh, on another day. I don't know. I'm starting to really think that if. Fight 
part was fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fight part was fun to see. I wouldn't mind seeing most of these competitors come back for either the New Year's card or we'll see them again probably six months to a year down the line in Verizon. And in the case of Raina Kubota, you know, she's saying she wants to leave the sport in three fights. Verizon better think about those three fights wisely because, you know, those might be the last chances we see Raina Kubota's greatness. Mm-hmm. But and I, I... if she ends up getting booked poorly, we'll remember how Verizon done her career. I do think, I still don't have that, uh, that retirement, I don't take it seriously until it actually happens. And even then, who, a lot of MMA fighters or fighters in general don't always stay retired. Um, so uh, that's a, that's a I'll believe I'll, when I see it type thing. Uh-huh. And one last time, any thoughts on Dylan James? <laughs> Drake, I'll defer to you. You're the guest. Uh, uh, I mean, he tried. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. I like that. He tried, kind of. <laughs> Not even, you can't even give him, like, a solid he tried. It's like, yeah, he kind of tried. He lasted a minute. He lasted, I mean, I'm sorry, he lasted the round. So, I guess, yeah, I guess, I guess for him, that's as much winning, lasting an entire round. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but, uh, Drake, before... All I gotta say is, when it comes down to Dylan James... He talked hot shit, but he ended up shitting the bed. Basically, and yeah. And for that, all I gotta say is, in the immortal words of James E. Cornette, thank you, fuck you, goodbye, boom. Uh, your career, your mixed martial arts career should be over. Please stick to professional wrestling, because all you are known for is taking bumps. Mm-hmm. Please. Uh, with that being said, Drake, uh, I would like to just give you an opportunity to plug uh, all your stuff, Abroad on Horizon, any stuff you got for my MMA news coming up, and anything else that, uh, anything you're working on that you can divulge to the audience. Yeah, yeah, of course, man. Well, thank you guys for having me again. It's a really good time. Of course, love, love talking, uh, you know, anything rising, and, you know, just always good to chat with the boys. Um, so you can follow me, of course, at Drake Riggs underscore on Twitter, post everything there. Um, you know, got plenty of things in the works, but you know, nothing, nothing that is completed yet. So I'm not going to jinx it. I'm superstitious about that, where I say yeah. what I'm going to do, and then something happens where it doesn't happen for some reason. But things are coming, of course. And uh, Broaden Horizon episode three will be probably looking to uh, book some guests at some point this week. Um, you guys can look forward to that. Uh, you know, when it when it gets completed, everybody gets talked to and whatnot uh, in the coming. I don't say two weeks or so, but um. Yeah, so look forward to that. Nothing locked down for that episode, but um, yes, things are happening. Just follow me on Twitter; you'll see it all. So, and of course, of course, if you haven't yet, if you have yet to read "Becoming Mega Megu, the Megumi Foodie Story, please give it a give it a read. Uh, my biggest story to date, in depth look, of course, at the life and career of Megumi Fuji. Um, yeah, so there's that. <laughs> I actually finally had time. Sorry, oh, sorry to interrupt. I gotta tell you, I finally had time to sit down and read the entire thing this past weekend. <laughs> Um, and it was really, really fucking good. Really great work on that. And I'm not, I'm not going to say that, like, I'm surprised that I, I was surprised of how interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you always hear the stories about the more, I guess it's a story. There's stuff in there that I never learned or heard from about. So it was just interesting and just like, like her coming up at a time when 
I don't want to say women's MMA. It was, it was so funny because like when she came up, women's MMA was not a thing in America, but it was in Japan. And but yet it was still not a thing. It was still I don't want to say underground, but it was like an afterthought or not even an afterthought, yeah. but like just hearing her and just. Stick with you, Andrew. What you're saying was around the time Megumi Fuji started Japanese. I mean, started doing MMA in Japan. Women's MMA was only relegated to boxy boxing, probably, and hook and shoot shows in Evansville, Indiana. Well, well that, you know, but also in terms of like, she was like, like she was. If there was a door to women's MMA, I think it's fair to call her the key that opened it. And I think that her name does not get the recognition. A lot, I think a lot of people seem to think, oh, uh, 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 what's her name, uh, Gina Carano. Open up the door for women's MMA. Ronda Rousey did it. No, they 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 happened to come in at the right time and made it bigger. But without Megumi Fuji, I don't know. Like if there's that butterfly effect of just everything else that happened after she what she achieved, and I don't know. So it's uh, again, I don't want I don't want to spill too much about because I think people should read it on their own. It's fantastic. Get some tea, coffee, or whatever. <laughs> And just sit down and sit read. Sit down it. and read. <laughs> it's a, it is a sit down read. It is a, it's something that you know that you want to read when you have enough time. In my personal opinion, and again, great work on it, by the way. I appreciate that greatly, man. That means the world because that I think it's the most important piece of you know work that I've definitely done. Um, you know, four chapter story, like I said, uh, ten ten thousand words. It's a long one, but I uh, hope it is worth it. Yeah, thank you so much, man. Yeah, no problem, no problem. <laughs> so, and about the Broaden Horizon podcast, it's available on SoundCloud. The My MMA News YouTube channel and the MyMMAnews.com website. Am I correct or am I correct? Absolutely correct, my man. <laughs> oh, and actually, you know, I can, uh, I'm really excited for episode three because I just got my new intro finished today. So that looks really cool. Obviously a very small thing, but it looks really nice. So I'm excited to share that. <laughs> okay, I mean, to be honest, I thought that the previous one sounded a little bit Pride FC-ish. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I still got the same theme song, but I have a, a nice visual now. It's a. Uh, it's instead of just a logo, I got kind of a, a, a video type thing for it. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Okay. Okay. But other than that, other than that, Andrew, do you want me to bid us all adieu? Yes, of course. And also, um, please uh, plug the Discord as well. Plug the the Ryzen uh, JMA Discord that I run as well. Well, you can go ahead and do that, can't you? You oh, run it. It's uh it's uh it's Ryzen it's Ryzen FF fans uh on Discord. All things Ryzen, JMMA, and anything else. No censorship. You can talk about what the fuck you want on there. But if you want to talk Ryzen, it's probably the best place to talk because it's the only place uh pretty sure any UFC Discords there's no there's not a lot of Ryzen talk, probably. So if you want to talk Ryzen, JMMA, yeah, come to that Discord. It's uh got good people on there because I'm running the ship. Exactly. And other than that, as for me, we thank y'all for listening to another edition of the We Are Rising podcast. If you want to follow some of the shit that I do, you can follow me on Twitter at FreeScary92. You can follow Andrew on Twitter at Avenger1. You can follow the show handle at We Are Rising Pod, W-E-A-R-E-R-I-Z-I-N-P-O-D, all in one word. You can also check out the podcast. Stitcher, SoundCloud, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Don't forget to follow Focus Fights as well. 
we cover the brightest and hot young prospects and all the combats. Watch the scenes of all seven continents. Well, six if you want to discredit the Arctic Circle. <laughs> will be emphasized. You can follow us on our newly reformed Twitter account at both. You can like our Facebook page and you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just be sure to put Focus Fights in the search bar. But other than, oh, wait, and also, you can check out the best damn fight vlog period on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash DMMA opinion. I'm pretty sure those guys will appreciate your support, especially when I'm posting rising results up in that pitch. But other than that, that's it for us for now. We thank y'all for listening to another edition of the We Are Our Rising podcast. And so, until the next time, fight fans, we hear y'all again. Here's a little word from the great Lenny Hart. Hold up one second. And on that note, we have this mug. Talk to y'all later.